0: The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation. Salvation. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein.
1: I am Randall Slate.
0: And we have a special guest, somebody we've been trying to get on the program for quite a while now. Finally worked out. We have him, Amon Kusro.
2: Hi everyone.
0: Thanks for joining us. Um, we were talking to you a while ago about like, you know, which one you want to come on. And you're like, oh, I want to come on for the crushes. And I'm like, great, totally should do that. Shutdown happened. We had to wait. We had to wait. We had to wait. We had to wait. But here we are. We made it. We did it. And we're glad to have you on, man. All right. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, two events to talk about, two events. Uh, we have the Vassal Clash is coming up this weekend, September 12th to the 13th. That's this upcoming weekend. Uh, I hear there is a custom-built glass trophy, Amon. Is that correct?
2: That's right. Yeah, one? Jimmy. Jimmy's running it, and uh, he's he's making a cust- uh, ordering a custom trophy, and he'll ship it out to the winner, and all, all expenses paid.
0: Oh, sounds great. Cool. Uh, I might have to actually bring something competitive this time. Okay, and then uh, the week afterwards, there's going to be a new an, another cam tournament. Uh, from the Sh- straight out of Shadespire uh, series, this is run by Valentin Hornick, who's uh, I believe in the Netherlands. But if you go onto all of the uh, the Facebook pages, they have the event uh, thing there. Uh, maybe we'll put a, a link to it in the show notes today. Yeah, they're pretty um, active on Facebook, well. so
1: you can yeah, find the you, event there. You can
0: there. find them um and uh and i did the last one it was really fun to play uh it's a best of one it's a skirmish format uh you play four rounds it's just uh quick and dirty it takes about maybe like three and a half hours and um it's a lot of fun and you get to play with people from around the world as per usual uh so recommend you jumping in there uh your buddy jd uh beat me in the last one in the last round because i didn't run away i should have just run away
2: does that mean I he was it. the highest ranked podcaster on the? Uh, I think he was the event. highest
0: ranked podcaster, but uh, it's of my own doing. Uh, no, he would have been anyway because I was I was one and two at the time. He was two and one, I think, at the time. He would have got me. Doesn't matter. Just clarifying.
2: And that's you know, well,
1: that's a with, webcam beat, games.
0: It was webcam games. Yeah. He beat me with my old team. He beat me with with the Magors. So I feel like I should get a little bit of your credit for that. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, no, no. All right. No. Eh. I kind of feel like I deserve it, just saying. All right. Anyway, Aman, good to have you on here. Now, you're on somebody else's podcast now. so That's right. You're allowed to talk about yourself in depth here. So I'm just pointing that out before we get to these biography questions, the same ones that we always do. Um, but we're going to start off with why did you get into this game?
2: Yeah, good question. So um, I started just like playing Warhammer and hobbying in general when I was 10. And, um, you know, you have those moments where you're really into it and you're really not. And then when I got older and I started, you know, making, after I graduated, I started making some money and I was like, I can actually afford this. (laughs) Um, I realized that I just didn't have time. And so I was kind of keeping up with the hobby, but also drifting away from it physically at the same time. And then they announced Warhammer Underworlds and it was like everything I've ever wanted. Competitive, takes 30 minutes. And it uh, doesn't require much, if at all, terrain or anything like that. And uh, started out when the first two warbands came out, Steelhearts and Reavers. Uh, and then I just moved, so it was kind of like a break there. And then got back into it when Chosen Axes and Class Swarm came out. So um, specifically this game, it's just because it doesn't require a lot of like pieces. We say that. I mean, there's a lot of tokens and stuff. But well. that's kind of why I got into it and then... Um stuck with it ever since, really.
0: Right. But, you, I mean, like, it's a lot of stuff, but you can fit it all in, like, a tackle box or something. It's, like, you don't have to, like, bring, like, a suitcase. Um, okay, and you play in... You're in Texas somewhere.
2: That's right. Best state Which ever.
0: Which one? Uh, okay.
2: Um, uh, so, I started in Houston, and then, i you know, I moved when Underworld's the year I first come out. So, I kind of flirt between Austin and Houston a lot because of my job and my family. And so... Uh, I usually play, most of the events are in Houston. Austin Meta is more focused around Age of Sigmar and 40k. Uh, and But the Houston team here is it's pretty chill. And we've got about a rotating pool of like 30 players. But our event sizes aren't too big. So we'll get maybe like 6 to 10 on every like random event.
0: I mean, that's pretty normal for up here as well. Up up in uh, the New York City, like tri-state area, we have like a good, like 20 people who play and maybe we get like somewhere between 6 and 10 at every event. That makes sense. Um, okay, cool. Uh, what's your favorite Underworlds faction to play and why?
2: Question. Um, I don't know if there's one that's like, been favorite. I definitely have had seasonal favorites. So, you know, in season one, it was Farstriders. Uh, I know a lot of Stormcasts get a lot of hate, but I think they look really cool. And I like range stuff. You know, like when we're when you grew up and watched Lord of the Rings, like my favorite was Legolas, you know, so like I like gotcha. the bows and the arrows and all that. Interesting, and
0: so interesting thing about Legolas, Orlando Bloom apparently has a like Lego like room that has like all his Legos on it.
2: That's kind of funny. Just saying. Yeah. He was he was always my favorite and you know, everyone was like, Why? He just shoots with a bow and arrow and I was like, I think that's so cool. Yeah, and so time. That's right, he does while surfing on
0: guys once. yeah, surfing yeah. on like some giant monster, yeah, yeah,
2: That's cool, um, so shout out to him, but and then he, gets
0: he to, and then he gets to go home with Katie Perry, which is also a big deal,
2: yeah, he does, though he lost his dog the other day, so I hope he found it, um, but uh, yeah, so far shredders, that was my favorite, you know that was in the days of like great concussion and stuff, so you can really zone your opponent out, take one down at a time, and, and quick then
1: think away and then shoot him
2: yes you could do that too um and then when night vault dropped obviously profiteers because and i I make this joke a lot but it's really america's warband they like to shoot guns and drink (laughs) beer so um i was like you know i have to play this
0: i think i think up in like in my area maybe like uh, guardians like tree people is more america's warband you know just like the environmental aspect
2: yeah, well, I'm from Texas. I think that's so. like a
0: south and nor- exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying it's south and north thing.
2: We liked it. We liked to drink and shoot guns. So that's exactly right. what happened with those guys. And um, I put a lot of time and energy into that war band and had a lot of fun with them. And then in Beastgrave, it's just been the wild hunt. Um, just such a nice finesse war band. So lots of charging, running around, uh, and you know they have a centaur, which is pretty cool, I think.
0: Always good. All right um so Aman, we're getting to uh, a question that usually nobody knows the answer to before i ask it but now we're gonna kind of know the answer to this one before i ask it and uh this is your flex moment not like choosing objectives over over you know ag- aggro like flex like flex them flex those muscles all right how much glass do you have and how much and which factions have you won them with you can start with the big pieces of glass. Sure.
2: Right on. Um, so I do have a Grand Class Trophy and a Grand Alliance Trophy. The Grand Alliance is the team format. Uh, I did that with Jonathan and Davey. So I've got... Uh, and both of those warbands are Thundrix Profiteers for both of those events. So two big pieces of glass. Gotcha. I've got two Skirmish Glass. So one with the Wild Hunt and one with Thorns of the Briar Queen. And then I have a piece of glass for every single warband, except, I think, four or five of them, so um, 20, 20 pieces of, like, small glass.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what we know. Yeah. And, and a metal. So we, which, and a metal? What'd you get the metal for?
2: Uh, there was, like, a mini-event at Adepticon, and I got second. and they gave me a medal so
0: nice uh okay cool and uh and so i was gonna ask you uh what's your best finish in a grand clash but it's it's number one like
2: yeah yeah i mean yeah that's definitely my best it's not my average number though (laughs)
0: <laughs> we all know about the average number uh it's kind of a it's kind of a running thing in the community but um I, I would say because we were talking a little bit bef- uh, before the episode about this and i I was just saying how impressive it is to like I was saying like anybody can have a good day like and and you know just get good matchups with like the right metawar band and and roll hot on one day and win a grand clash. I think it's actually more impressive to make final table seven times regardless of the outcome I just i don't know I feel like the consistency there kind of says more
2: i really appreciate that and 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 I guess you're right it is it is impressive i just think like i'm
0: I, it's frustrating but yeah it is i'm depressing.
2: very i'm i'm very hard on myself so yeah um it's it can be demoralizing at times but you you know when when you look at it from a a glass half full standpoint it's it is a nice yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Oh, that's right.
0: I'm wow. just saying. That's good stuff. I, wow. Don't, don't sell yourself short on that. That's, like, really tough to do. Um, all right. So let's get into the meat of this episode, though. Um, let's start talking about uh, the expansion that we, we, we're here to talk about today. We're talking about Morgox um, Crushes, and this is the uh, the new orcs, uh, the new and improved orcs, I would say. Um, just just overall thoughts on it there, Amon. What do you got? <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing is, in a way, you're right, they are like a spiritual successor of Iron Skull's boys. The five wounds apiece, I mean, they're beautiful, massive models, and so they each have five wounds, which I think is a real standout. And so you expect them to uh, be really tanky, and then they all do, two of them do three damage off the bat, and one of them does two, but is quite accurate. So, you know, looking at that initially, you, you realize that, wow, this is like an orc player's dream come true where they're just going to go run around and beat stuff up and, and like exchange blows, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, and uh, they do excel at that pretty well, but um, as we'll see in a minute, there are some other ways to do it. Let's talk about uh, the individual fighters themselves. Um, we'll start with the leader, uh, Morgok. We got this uh, big guy. He is, he's got a, a, a one range, two uh, smash, three damage attack. Uh, starts off with, uh, three move, one shield and five wounds. Um, and, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty tanky right there. When he, uh, when he inspires, he gains one movement and switches to three, uh, to three fury, which is pretty good. Cause he's got a pretty high chance of critting out now. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of worth it to inspire him. Um, as far as his, as his actions go, let's talk about these uh, these Wog counters right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: yeah, because this is this is a new thing with these guys. They, they're picking up counters after every fighter's activation in which they made one or more attack actions.
2: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so, so generally when you play any warband, you want to inspire them, right? So you. And inspiring, the way they inspire is kind of a way in which they've been designed to play. So the idea here is to make as many attacks as you can, stack wall counters. It ties directly to the inspire they need to. So I really like it. I mean, I'm a big fan of unique warband mechanics. I think a lot of times warbands can kind of start feeling the same if they're using the same universals and stuff, which tends to happen. But this is really cool because um, no other warband is going to have a wall counter and no other warband can generate a counter by making attacks like that. So I think it's, it's a really neat idea and one that uh, can be, has some great synergy actually in the warband itself. Yep.
0: Um, and I just wanna remind everybody out there that this only happens after this fighter's activation. So um, you can't, if you're doing some sort of like uh, reaction attack situation, like uh, with one of the cards we're gonna talk about later, that does not give the your guy a wog counter. Um, right. Also, with, with Morgok, he also has an activation where you can remove one WoG counter from this card and push each friendly fighter, including himself, I would assume, up to two hexes. It's like you get to Varklav the entire group.
2: That's right. Yeah. It is it is a mini Varklav. There's a cost um, associated with it in that he probably needs to generate that WoG counter from an attack. Or from a, from a card, exactly. I think it's really cool. I think it's one that people... I think rate the lowest for some reason out of the three different you know unique Wah abilities the fighters have but i think it's so important movement and positioning for aggro Um, and even even for just being cheeky in general so i really like it and to have a varklav in an aggro warband i think is is a really really cool feature
0: especially when you have three fighters and four activations you know it might help and it's a push so it's like you just get to get them closer one of the issues that sometimes we have with these guys is that um is to make up range like it's hard because they only move three especially when they're uninspired but if you can put like with a card you know put a wild counter on Morgok you can actually close distance uh really early in the game and now you're you know you're crowding out your opponent a little bit um another thing about Morgok uh when he's inspired he actually has the Gurzag ability where he can uh re-roll one attack die for uh for the attack da- action which is pretty great
2: yeah that's so cool all
0: right uh but he does art go style. to
1: swords when he attack when he's inspired he goes to three swords
0: right which uh i think from a strange. i don't know I-, I wish we had jd on because he would say like yeah this is exactly it's this actually, many I-, I do know the math here I know the math. I do know the math. math. It's, know the math. It's,
2: it's like the same... It's 1%. It's 1% better. 1% it, it, okay. better. It's just 1% better. Than, but you
1: two, have higher than cr- two hammers?
2: Than two hammers. Okay. But you have a higher propensity to roll crits.
1: Right. But what yeah, if so you have gotten what? three hammers and, instead of three swords? Well, the,
2: then, then the, that's much better, right? Be yeah. better, right. Because you got two See, hammers on each die.
1: I, I wish that I
0: didn't accidentally uh, delete warband odds from my phone.
1: Okay, oh, you not Remember get that? it
0: anymore? At, N- no you can't know because you can what happened was is that it was originally available for like everybody and then something happened with like the Apple store where you can't get it for iOS anymore okay uh, and I'm really pissed because I accidentally deleted it because I needed like space on my phone and like now I can't get it back and it really sucks otherwise I would know all this stuff um, all right moving on to ard skull funny usually uh well. Usually with the British words, if there's like an H at the beginning, you like say the H, like herb, you know. But here they've taken it out. Weird.
1: Yeah. All right, and say
0: H. I guess not. So this guy over here is uh, is a big basha, but he's not very accurate, at least to begin with. Um, he starts uninspired, range one attack, two fury, three damage, uh, three one five. The same attack. The same uh, bottom line. Uh, slash line uh, as they, they all have the same bottom slash line um, this uh, fighter also picks up um, a wog counter after every attack which is good he hits hard but he's not very accurate um, but when he inspires we get a lot more out of him first of all he gets the same attack profile as Morgok um, inspired which is the three fury three uh, damage but also gets a scything attack a little less accurate Uh, 2 Fury, a little less damage, uh, 2 damage. But still, that siding attack, especially if you can leverage other stuff onto it, um, is pretty great if you can set it up. Um, And then, of course, we have the Wog Counter issue, the same thing as before. Um, However, when he's inspired, and here's the kicker, you can remove any number of Wog Counters from this card before making the attack roll, the attack action has a plus one damage for each counter you remove. So you can really pump up the volume on this guy.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I really like his ability to kind of go zero to 100 real quick, especially yeah. when fighting someone like Hrothgorn, um or, or Malog. I think the challenge is that he kind of has that Gristlewell effect where it's really, the dice can be really the big range in which you can perform on the uninspired side. And it's like, you know, if you can roll a couple of lucky rolls in the beginning, it's really good. But otherwise, art skill is probably not hitting much. And so you really want to... I really like how each of the fighters, and we'll get into Thug in a bit, um, I'm sure as you'll go over it, but they all have their own role in a way. And so realizing, you know, if I'm going into Malog, or Hrothgorn, I probably do need... You know Morgok and Art Skull to be the ones to you know take him down, and so kind of finding ways in which you can make those fighters get those wall counters consistently without jeopardizing their own survivability, I think, is really interesting. Um, but he's he's cool. He's got a great model, and you know, I've I've gotten up to seven damage before, and I thought that it was hilarious. So yeah, I missed, I mean, but you know, well,
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, I I actually had a shot on on a Frothcorn, i think where like i would have won the game if he landed it because i could have just i took all these things off of him and it was just like it was like six damage and he had already been hit the, the his his ogre had already been hit but i just like and i think that i like had like haymaker or something i had extra dice too for some reason and it was like four dice on swords and uh one hit seven damage whatever it was and it just like i just whiffed it was bad news um, yeah. But you were saying before, which I thought was a good point, whereas that you kind of have to look at your opponent, like who are you running in with? Um, you know, you need Ard Skull and, and Morgok if you're going against like some sort of big monolithic, you know, opponent. But I think that if you're going up against, you know, like Thorns or something like that, maybe you go in with Thug, who's more accurate, and you only need two damage anyway, uh, which we'll get to him in a second. In fact, we'll get to him now. Um, Young Thug, as I've been calling him. Uh, Is uh, One range, three dice on swords to start, two damage, so a little less damage there, Uh, same bottom slash line, uh, still picks up uh, a wog counter um, uh, after any activation where you make an attack. Of course, if you get two, these guys become inspired. I feel like we didn't say that yet, Um, but I think everybody at home knows. Um, When he's inspired, though, his slash lines don't really change. He gets that one move. But his uh, his attack profile is the same. But uh, he does have the smashes, which if you remove any number of WOG counters from this card before making the attack roll, that attack action has plus one dice for every counter you remove. So this is your accurate guy.
2: Yeah, I really like Thug. And and he's actually a great candidate for cards like Sting of the Up, Great Strength, or even Glory Seeker. Because the other guys don't really need it. Unless you're playing against Stormcast or Malak Hrothkorn, you're able to one-shot almost every fighter in the game. So, if you make Thug, who's the the accurate one, as you've mentioned, Young Thug, into uh, one who can also hit for three or four damage, then you have three fighters who are hitting on three fury, which is not a bad not a bad stat profile. I mean, the the Briar Queen does that, right? And she's one of yeah. the most feared fighters in the game. Granted, it's because of her range and her flexibility but three three fury three three damage is not something to sleep on and if you can get all of these guys to do that quickly then your opponent's going to be in for a rough time you know if they're able to get in contact with the opponent
1: it's kind of interesting right, that so... uh it's kind of interesting that the the guy who hits the hardest can improve his damage whereas the guy who's the most accurate can improve his accuracy with the wa counters isn't that kind of Interesting. Yeah. You think it would be the other yeah. way around, right? Where
0: kind of pumps it up, Thug could, uh, could... kind of not where you want it. Yeah, you want it like to be a little bit more balanced. And yet, it's, it it makes it even. It's uh, what is that called?
1: Like doubles uh, down on whatever they're it, they're good at. There's a word for
0: that. It's like called this disruptive patterns or something like that. Okay. Where, like you you bring stuff out to these sides. Or anyway, sorry, I'm getting into my like college level uh, statistics.
2: I just think um, it would be really scary if Art Skull could turn that three fury into five fury.
0: I... Well, I mean, so. you have to put upgrades on him to make him do that, you know.
2: Well, you you, you will you would just well if he had thugs ability right would
1: that be too strong?
0: Oh yeah, no, yeah, I think it'd be too be strong. Really
2: strong. yeah, I think so.
0: All right, um, so let's talk about strength and weaknesses uh, real quick. Uh, so as far as strength, what do we what do we think are the the things you kind of want to lean into on these guys? First of all, well, it depends,
2: example. right, on like what yeah. you're, what trying to style you're going to play, whether it's aggro or control. So, so just
0: just based on card stats alone, what sure. do you think are there, like, the things that they have innately?
2: Uh, I think they're tanky, they hit hard, yep. and they've got some great gambits to assist them in yeah. that.
0: Which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, weaknesses that we see?
2: Slow. So in Beastgrave especially, we've come to a meta where three movement isn't enough. And yeah. you know some warbands can get around that like Cursebreakers because they have magic. These guys don't really have much. And so I think Morgok's ability is designed to help alleviate that, but it's still, it still relies on a wall counter. So you still have to get in contact to get the other guys in. So slow. One shield isn't a lot. Five wounds helps with that, but yeah. one shield, I, I especially that. with the abundance of Cleave.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Like One shield was really not as much as it feels like. It, it, really, I was getting hit all over the place
2: and it's funny because in night vault like one shield was really good yeah but but now it's like you need two dice and so i think the two dodge warbands are actually more survivable in some ways and so um and then dice right if you're playing an aggro-ish warband and you don't roll the right number of dice or your opponent just rolls better than you then you're in for a tough series of events i think
0: I had a couple games where it was like I couldn't roll anything, and then I just couldn't do anything with them, and and they just blank out in that case. They need to have at least average dice to to, to get moving. Um, let's see, what else did we say? Uh, I mean, we, we're going to talk about these uh, these cards, but uh, we th- we we said that um, one of the weaknesses might be that some of the cards are going to get nerfed really quickly, because some of them are really good.
2: Some of them are, um, and. I think it just comes down to whatever GW decides is their intended design for this warband. But, like, there is one upgrade in particular where, uh, you know, and we'll get to it, as you mentioned, that I think probably does need to get nerfed in some
0: way. Yeah, we'll do it right now. Let's do it right now. Are are we ready to get into the... uh, Oh, my God. This mouse is so quick. All right. You ready to get into some of these uh, objectives?
1: Yep. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it.
0: They got some good ones, man. They got some good ones. All right. So uh, we're just gonna go over the for those of you listening at home. We're just gonna go over the ones we think are kind of like noteworthy. We're not gonna go over every single one because some of them are really just like not super useful or just not, not just not strong enough to 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 be chosen in in most cases. So we're gonna go over the ones that we think are are worth noting, um, especially for the uh, the two versions of uh, of the decks we think would be good with this group. Um, so the first one we're gonna talk about is a card called. Now what? Spell W-O-T.
2: Gotta love orky grammar.
0: Oh my god. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. Alright, this is a surge. Uh, Score this immediately after an activation if your warband holds two or more objectives. I feel as though there already is a card that does that. Didn't
1: we just just go over this? Didn't we just talk about this last time?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like Hidden Purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same card. Only this is faction-specific. I remember getting into a problem with this with Grimwatch where they had a faction-specific uh, temporary victory, which was kind of the same card. Thoughts, I'm on?
2: Yeah, so um, <laughs> first of all, Hidden Purpose is bonkers, right? It's bonkers. an amazing card. That yes. card needs to get restricted. And yeah. so what you've done is you've given so, and I see why this may have happened, is you give an aggro warband kind of like a the ability to flex into objectives. But the problem is that it's just so easy to score in general. You can, and I'm doing air quotes here, you can run up the board and then still position your objectives in a way in which you can still get this passive glory. So um, I think doubling up on this is something you could definitely do with Hidden Purpose and Now What? But I think it's silly that they have this card. I think that it's silly that the card was created in general, but um, it 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 starts to like make you wonder should I this is the card that makes you wonder whether you should play control or aggro with this warband because the amount of passive glory these guys can get into which as you'll share in a moment is a bit uh unfortunate I think yeah.
0: um and I the way that I was playing it I was leveraging the uh their ability to do that we'll yeah. talk about that in a little while um the next one which is uh, very similar and also kind of easy, especially if you can get some some movement on these guys, or if you just position your, you know, your your uh, objectives in a good spot. Is got it, boss? Uh, oh, they used a proper punctuation there. Very nice. Um, surge one glory. Score this immediately after an activation if your warband holds one or more objectives in enemy territory. So just. Walk in and stand on something. Done. One thing, not two. It's I've not like one wheel where you have to stand on two things, right? Yeah. Pretty good. And it's just a
1: surge, too, so.
0: It's a surge.
1: It's you just easy. get on there it's and like then free that's
0: free it. Free glory. Free glory.
2: So, that's fair. I think a good player will know, especially if you're playing more aggressively with these guys, that that's what you're going to do. I played a game the yeah. other day with JD. We do a lot of practice games together, and um, you know he knew that I had got his boss in my deck because why wouldn't I and he made sure that I could never get on an objective and I couldn't right. score that card for two turns um, and then I threw it away and then he cleared them open so I think <laughs> <laughs> um, right. it's 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 one that's good for aggro right it rewards you for being aggressive and taking the risk with interacting with your opponent and so it, despite the fact that it can be done on a charge, even if you miss, I do like it for them specifically.
0: I mean, combo that with, you know, distraction, bold conquest, jealous defense. There's just so much play there. I think if you can, and then just like placing the 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 uh, objective like in a spot where you know, like you can get to it in in, in a move like that, especially or, or if you have something like spectral wings or Malcolm Grace. You know, like, I, I just see so much play here and so many c- cards that combo well with it.
2: Absolutely. And, again, I think it's a great card for them. They, th- you know, a lot of aggro warbands need these aggro cards to um, kind of survive. And I think rewarding you for committing to entering the opponent's, you know, territory is something that I don't really mind, I think.
0: Which Which one of those cards bothers you more?
2: Now what, for sure.
0: Now I think so too. I think God it boss is more thematic with them. Yeah. You know, like if they and and again you have to get in there. And again, one, one shield is not as much as we think it is. Yeah. Uh, especially in the game now. So,
2: no, I think it, I think it's super thematic. You know, they're like, Oi, yeah. go get that over there, and then he just runs up there and he's like, God it boss. You know, like what's next? So, yeah.
1: Well, what do you feel about ne- you know? We orc- look at this card. Was, like, and- wait, was that an Orc accent?
0: I don't know. Yeah. I, I felt like. What yeah. was that,
2: though? It was, like... Orc accents are, like, old, like, English footballers. Like, accents? Like,
3: Oi. Okay, I gotcha.
0: Gotcha.
2: You know, you ever played any of those, like, orc vid- like, video games, like, Dawn of War or anything?
1: No, he hasn't done that.
2: Okay. okay, well, you should listen to that video after. Okay. Like, a cutscene or something. I probably won't.
1: Okay. Well, I was just saying that yeah, the, it, this card, we look at it originally... Lord of the Rings to me. We look at it, so, and we say, wow, this card's so easy, but, you know, nowadays... Those objectives are getting removed from the board faster than uh, yeah you can
3: yeah. you can They're say temporary pulled.
1: victory these days. So the, yeah, you know if you you're playing against Rothkorn, they might mm-hmm. they might not yeah. have an objective near you to, to do that.
2: All right, exactly so, exactly so. And this is a really good point, Randall. And again, if you if, if if I put my objectives near me, but in your zone, and then I set up aggressively, you know what I'm trying to do. And you can stop me, it. So that's a really good point.
0: All right. Well, this is why we always recommend to, to whoever's listening, uh, you know, play everything and like feel what it feels like to play each warband, so that you know what to look for when somebody puts it in front of you as your opponent. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we have Orc Cunnin. Uh, and, uh, that's also a surge for one, uh, score this immediately when you play your third or subsequent gambit in this round. I found this incredibly easy.
2: I'm more interested to hear Randall's thoughts on this card, actually.
0: Really? Randall, to you.
1: Well, this is just the same as the, it's, it's similar to the other one that Hrothgorn has, but you just where you just play any cards. In the action. So this one oh, is I've... gambit specific. Yeah, yeah. gambit
0: specific. So it's a little tougher. It's more like the one from the spoilers set.
1: It's like Ploymaster, master kind of.
0: Uh, yeah, but it's it's like surge Ploymaster. master. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I think you play this in with them no matter what. I think this is like an auto include with them.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: It's just it's gonna happen, and uh, if, especially if you're using draw tech, like it's gonna be even
2: easier. Yeah. All right. Uh, what? Which, which I think a lot of. Aggro warbands do tilt in to the end because, or to the end rather, is because they need some of that, you know, end phase glory,
1: and they need the cards in their hand. That's right. Yeah, to
0: to beef up your uh, your attacks. Absolutely.
1: Well, you need yeah. When you're playing an aggro warband, you need to just front load a lot of cards to make sure that your initial strike is effective. Because you know, if you if you run in there with everybody and you don't hit anyone, then Especially with these guys, with one shield defense, you're gonna get attack You're gonna get uh, retaliated upon. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. All right. Um, and we have two more uh, from the set, <clears throat> which we think are kind of good in certain situations. Uh, you might want to think about these. We have a uh, good day's work, uh, which is uh, a two glory end phase card. If there are more enemy fighters out of action. Than surviving enemy fighters so that means and i was pointing this out before that means it's actually harder on a warband where they have an even number of fighters because you actually have to get one more out it's, it's easier on one where they have uh, an even an odd number of fighters so that's four chain rasps that's two storm sire uh, curse breakers but it's like four wild hunt Not that you'll play against Wild Hunt.
2: Well, do we count Legane?
1: Yes, yeah, of course we count. Yeah, him. you have to. He's the he's the detriment to the whole, the Warband. Yeah, awesome.
2: you mean he'll Grawl? just die? Yeah. my Grawl. No, like Legane, like he'll just Legane. die. The right. from the Wild
1: Hunts? Yeah. yeah, He does literally nothing except die and give your oh, opponent just, yeah, one he sits glory. Back
0: there. Yeah, there. I don't know. I I was playing Wild Hunt a little bit before these guys came out, and uh, I, I had Legane do a couple clutch threes uh, for me. You all know. Right.
2: Yeah, I I make this joke a lot because I complain about Legane, but I I won a clash like vassal like not no sorry not vassal but a skirmish, grand skirmish because Legane like killed Malog and Just went the Spite yeah. Shroom. Yeah, it's nice. So I, I I give him a lot of crap, but it's because I love yeah, him.
1: Yeah.
0: He's not Jordan, but he's like he's like Steve Kerr, you know, like he'll 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 yes. win the the '95 series for you. Wait, wait, wait no, you're,
1: say, you're saying you're saying he killed the Spite Shroom? '96.
0: It was in the ninety six series? I don't remember. Legane
2: killed Molog and a Spite Shroom one time. Alright,
1: I can believe Got he it. killed Molog, but not the mighty the mighty spite shroom. You said
0: that backwards.
1: No, I said I I meant what I said. You heard what I said.
2: Uh, <laughs> well,
0: <it's laughs> the
1: Doom shroom. the do-
0: <laughs> Doom shroom. Wait, did he get a damage from that? He must have gotten a damage from that.
2: He did he did. He did, yeah. And then the, so the he's running around. or something.
0: God. He's running around with like one one wound on him just
2: like
1: hurt. The bat squig is so dangerous, dude.
2: Yeah. The bat squig is like that eagle that comes down and grabs the kitty from your porch if you're not careful. And that's exactly what happened in that game.
1: I'm feeling that. <laughs> that, is, that is trouble. Because it was Legane. All right, Legane
2: but... is a house cat, bro. Don't, don't get it twisted. He, he, the artwork makes him look like a giant lion, but his model is like more big. akin to like a, a small... Maybe a large cat, small dog.
0: He's like, is like a main coon. Yes. These are like <laughs> big cats. All right. Uh, and I I only know that because I worked in a veterinary hospital years ago. All right. So, uh, but good day's work. Do we like this card? Because that's really what we're talking about.
1: I typically don't like so- these too much because, like, they depend on the war ban you're playing against. Like, they're mm-hmm. much they're much better and worse on something that you can't really control. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's kind of dice I dependent. I feel like these kind of also. get
1: cut cut sometimes cuz you're like, well, if I'm playing against, you know, if I'm playing against this specific warband, it's really hard to score and that's why I, I, a lot of these don't make it into the final deck for me. I don't know about you guys.
2: It's a good point. Like when I build my decks, I use DB underworld's DB and then I'll just add everything that I think might be relevant to what I'm trying to do and then I'll make cuts. Right. And I think you're right. right. This is a card that you'll want because aggro in Grave fundamentally struggles with end-phase scoring. They're just not enough good cards. So generally, if we had good cards, or better cards, rather, in the universal pool, we wouldn't even entertain this card. But because it's something that is a weak point in the whole set, I think we are entertaining this card because of its potential. But you're probably right. It doesn't make the cut unless you know that you're just going to be chowing through some people. And I don't know if you can guarantee that in any aggro game, honestly.
0: Um, another point is that it's in one of those cards that might get cut simply because its value is not the same at the beginning of the game as it is at the end. Mm-hmm. Usually, you want you know stuff that's gonna gonna kind of work for you no matter what round it is. This one is clearly more valuable at the end of the game.
2: It's almost like a third end phase card, actually. So what's that? It's almost like a third end phase card. In yeah, a way, uh, I mean, in, or in if terms like, of it
0: being right, or if you're being really efficient, you know, first round, second round, it'd be really tough, though.
2: Yeah, you. I don't think you get this in the first round unless you just like kill two, like Amos and yeah, Rasmus off the really, bat. Yeah.
1: yeah, it ends up being like a win more card at that point. If you get it in the first round, you're going to yeah, win anyway. Yeah, if, if you're if you, getting it, yeah.
2: exactly right on. Uh,
0: and then the other issue uh, with it, uh, I had an idea and then I lost it. Sorry, I guess. Cool i had it i'm like next cool, one. It, okay let's yeah let's move on it's fine we'll cut that out i'm a professional um all right the next one that we kind of liked we think it's all right you might want to give it a look is uh, might of the orc which is a surge for one um immediately score this immediately when a friendly fighter's attack action with a damage characteristic of four or more succeeds all right so we have a couple of issues with we we, we like that it's a surge we like that it's, uh, you know, it's something that you kind of want to go off and do anyway, um, is, is, you know, bash things. It, you, you don't have to, it's not that you have to deliver four damage, so it's not, it doesn't matter what your opponent's wound count is. Um, you just have to have a damage characteristic of four or more. So the issue is that you would need to put something on Morgok you would need to put two things on Thug, or you need to have something on Ard Skull. And then, but, but you have to succeed with the attack.
1: Yeah, you could do it with, with Ard Skull with his uh, Remove the Wah Counter. Thing. Yeah, you could, the
0: Counter. Yeah,
1: yeah just, 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 just without you any it, other. Thing. But you, any, everything else you need some kind of card to boost their damage.
2: Like Inspired Attack, Great Strength, Sting of the grub, stuff like that. You, you know, so. But you're going to want
1: those, all those in this Warband for the most part anyway, right? You're going to so want Great had, like, Strength and Sting of the grub.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's actually really interesting. I was working on an aggro deck the other day, just to see if it would function, and in, uh, in, like you know, at least in the most optimal way I could think of. And I actually cut Glory Seeker because, you know, you you have two guys who hit at three damage, and you don't you rarely need to get at four, right? And then you have Art Skulls built-in mechanic. So, I think I think this is a cool card. As you mentioned, it does rely on other cards. Um, I think there's some better straight surges out there, but in the spirit of aggro and the fact that you want to hit and, like, maybe getting multiple glory for a hit um, is kind of like aggro's bread and butter. I think that's really cool because you can kill a fighter, score him out of the Uruk, and then get two glory instead of one, right?
0: Right. Plus cycle through your, your objectives. I I think, it's, I think it might be one of those guys that gets, like, on the bubble. I think is a bubble card, but I um, think
2: this is your sixth surge.
0: I think so, yeah, yeah, or or your seventh, or you're like the one that you just cut, yeah. yeah. But it's definitely worth taking a look at. I mean, it really depends on the you know the style you're going to play. All right, so as far as uh, faction specific objectives, we those are the ones that we we uh thought were worth uh putting in automatically, like the first three that we said, or maybe just thinking about it. Um, moving on to faction specific gambits, uh, this is a long list. There's a lot of good ambits here. Um, let's get started with Berserk Fortitude. All right, this says, um, pl- it's a reaction. Play this during an attack action that targets a friendly fighter before the deal damage step. Remove any number of WOG counters from the fighter's card, this fighter's c- fighter card. The attack action has minus one damage for each counter removed, to a minimum of one. This saved my butt a couple times in the uh, in the webcam tournament. I, I was really happy to have it. Um, to just... To just, like, nerf somebody's attack after they did it. They put all of these cards on there, inspired attack. I'm going to put this thing on there. I'm going to attack you. Ha ha ha. I rolled a crit, and you're like, oh, you did one damage. Like, that's demoralizing.
1: Well, it's... The, the, the fact that it's a... Ploy reaction ploy means that your opponent can't really no plan for it. Yeah, yeah. like if you well, you, if well, you, you plan do the...
0: for it ahead of time. You're like, oh, this guy might have that card.
1: Yeah, so right, right, but it's not like something that's on the board. It's not an upgrade or anything that you can that the, your opponent can see. So they never really know when it's coming. And like you said, you can bait them into using a lot of extra resources, cards, glory to get that big attack and then you're able to survive it pretty nice
2: i think in underworlds we have this general way of playing that we one-shot fighters right so we don't go for an attack unless you know that you can either seriously put the hurt on them and then finish them off with gambits or maybe a follow-up attack but most more often than not it's you know how many wounds does that guy have five okay no other upgrades okay i'll, I'll play great strength Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's like, it, and it's okay, I'll play Great Fortitude. Then it's like, okay, I'll play Inspired Attack. And then you're like, okay, well, I hope this attack doesn't happen, you know? So th- that's kind of how the game functions. And so when you have a card that can 100% derail that plan, I think it's fantastic. Because as Randall mentioned, you cannot plan for it. But the interesting thing is, is I also think this card is a semi trap in a way, right? Like, I think you take it no matter what. But very rarely are you going to use it to reduce more than one damage. Because it's actually really hard getting a lot of wall, wall counters on one fighter, right? Like the dream would be Moloch hits you for five, you take four wall counters off, you reduce it to one. Right, right. right. Yeah, right. that's
1: what I was going to ask you guys. You ever do it for more than one, but it seems like one is the, the, the most you're going to get out of it usually.
2: Yeah. But it's enough, right? It's like yeah. Narrow Escape.
1: Right. I was going to say Rippers. it's very similar to the yeah. Ripus but card, Marrow which escape, is quite yeah. good.
0: But Narrow Scape has a ceiling, right? It only reduces it by one. Only range.
1: one, yeah. But I'm saying, like, right. you, there's, there's, it's so rare that you're going to get an opportunity to remove more than one wah counter to stop more than one damage, right? It's usually yeah, just one. Exactly yeah, exactly
2: correct. Yeah.
0: And when I was using it, like, another thing was that I would just reduce it down to the point where I didn't die. Because I figure if he's going to hit me again anyway, he's going to hit me for, like, two or three or whatever it
1: is. Oh, yeah, like, that's I'm, true. That's true. Because you have five so health. Really yeah. it's, just
0: a, it's really just kind of like a, a get out of death card once.
2: Yeah. One, it's like a one-time gotcha. Try again, you know, and hopefully right. I'll do something because I'll probably die next turn.
0: So, so functionally, it works like narrow escape.
2: Functionally, right. yeah. Very rarely do I think you're right using. That. Yeah. You can probably get two, maybe. Like if you inspired, um, you can reduce something to maybe if it was three damage to one, but. Right, but there's, there's, no, you know, point,
0: there's yeah, no point though. Yeah, there is Once you get once you get hit, if they hit you again, they're just gonna kill you. So you yeah. might as well just get it under the number. And then just call it a day. Like, it did its job. It kept you alive.
2: Yeah. Even Rothcorn, like, on, you know, with six wounds, generally only needs two attacks to go through to take him down. So, this is, this is, again, is just, you know, gotcha. I'm still alive. And then you better do something with that fighter because you'll lose them eventually.
0: On the next one, yeah. All right. So, that's good. Um, the next one we like is Berserk Strength and berserk strength is a very similar card only instead of reducing damage on your opponent's attack you add damage to your attack so basically it's a ploy version of hard skull's ability so it works on thug and it works on morgok uh, there's no re- real reason to play it on hard skull because he's already got it well at least when he's inspired
1: do we like this one is is this worth putting in the, the ploy slot you think
0: I think it's a little bubbly. Um, you know, it might be your tenth one, and only if you're playing like only if you're planning on playing Super. Do you bad. want to
1: get this? Yeah, I, I feel like you want to get your extra damage out of upgrades, probably, rather than the ploy slot. You can use the the ploy is, The ploy slots are so much more. There's so much more you can do with them.
3: I mean,
1: yeah, and and upgrades are kind of narrow most of the time. They're usually. You know, usually you make a deck and it has 15 ploys in it originally, and then you cut down to 10, but then you have, what, like 8, 9 upgrades, and then you have to add one. (laughs) That's usually how I work with
2: Mine's actually the complete opposite. I have, like, 20 upgrades at the end of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe for this Warband, it's different, but I always find that, like, I have way too many ploys and not enough upgrades. So I I like to get the damage. If I want to increase my damage or stats, you know, try to get those... Out of upgrades and then for ploys you can do more like movement type stuff or manipulation yeah. type things
2: no i really i i 100 agree like the nature of this game is that deck building is so cutthroat like it either it has to go in or it's it's not providing any value and so if you have you know maybe you have like three or four faction cards you pad your distraction you add your mischievous spirits um you add your haymaker um and then you look at it and you're like, crap, I only have like one to two spots left. And then you're thinking like, Well what's good in the meta? How do I combat that? Maybe you don't need Berserk strength. Again, like I was saying earlier, I cut Glory Seeker, right? Because these guys don't need more damage. What they need is more like movement or survivability. So then you're thinking, Okay, I'll add Spectral Wings, Malkin Grace. And yeah. you know, like then you don't have room. So you're absolutely right, Randall. I completely agree with you. It's one of those it's your eleventh card maybe, or even your twelfth. Yeah.
1: So a bit of a trap then, we're saying.
2: I think so. Yeah, I mean because they don't need it. Like
1: yeah, I don't know if I'd call it like a trap because it's definitely going to work. Like you're if if you put this in your deck, it's going to happen. It's just like you know.
2: It's a
0: it's a trap in a sense that it's like it looks like it's worth a slot and it's really not because you're going to cover the extra damage on other stuff.
2: Right, and I think redundancy is important, but there's a point where redundancy becomes too redundant, like almost a detriment, right? It's almost redundant. Exactly, yeah. Super redundant. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Thug is the number one candidate for redundant. this young Thug.
1: Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, he just has the... He's the only one that has two damage. The other ones start with three, and then the second you put, you know, one upgrade on him, they go to four. I don't know if you really need the extra damage. <clears throat>
2: yeah. I think I would take Glory Seeker over Berserk Strength, if that makes sense.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, because then at least it sticks around... For the next mm-hmm. round or the next attack whatever it is all right so <clears throat> maybe not that one uh brutal attack so this is interesting uh it's plus one dice to the first attack action made by a friendly fighter <clears throat> in the next activation after that attack action though place a log counter on this fighters att- uh, fighter card so from a get these guys inspired standpoint it you know
1: you play it you attack Wait, you get inspired because you get Yeah, what's the one
0: where you you, you give your guy a, that you know there's that card where it's like plus 1 dice on your next attack action that oh, people take sometimes Oh,
1: uh, determined effort.
0: Determined effort. So it's like that. But bonus log counter. Right, and, and, that's, and also yeah. that's an automatic uh in, inspiration right there because yeah. if you play that, they're going to get one from the attack and then you're going to get one from the card, you're inspired. Right. Not not for the attack after the attack. Like yeah, so I think it it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's uh important it's really like we've already seen it's it's really important to their cards and their character cards that you get those wah counters and then you become inspired right after you attack the only drawback to that is they don't really get anything like after they go they don't really get better uh when they're inspired you know what i mean like if they've already charged the round and then they get inspired, it doesn't oh right, give them like the value is sort of lessened yeah. because yeah.
0: right because that was your one charge and now you only get it for two more rounds. Right, their
1: yeah, their health and their defense doesn't go up. So if they if they right. charge and then you have this card, you know, to to make them inspired after that, then you have to wait until the next round to really get the the benefits of that.
0: Right, but this also might be going back to what Amon said before, which is like, do we have space for this card? You know, because, again, you're, you're spending all of your slots on other things that have more value than this.
1: I think it's more worth it than the extra... Having the more accuracy on these guys, I think, is more worth it than the extra damage.
0: Oh, yeah, especially yeah. with, like, skull.
1: Especially if you're doing, like, aggro or... You know, because they already have so much damage Then giving them the the accuracy to beat the other guy's crit or whatever could help. The more so- dice
2: absolutely the way the way that i look at it is like if i'm looking at if i have one slot left right and i'm looking at and i'm sorry if you hear my dog barking but it's a good rippa um is if you have haymaker if you have one spot left then you have haymaker and then you or you want to do like brutal attack it's actually worth a big conversation around it because like a lot of people will be like dude just take haymaker it's it's two attack it's one two is better than one but if you look at brutal, brutal attack, the it's really synergistic with this specific warband, which is that you need those wall counters to do other things, whether it's Morgok using an action or, or increasing damage or accuracy. So I think this card is actually you. You make some really good points, Randall, where that you know if you charge somebody, you charge and then inspire. So it's great for maybe if you're running fired up. But if there's ways in which you can manipulate the board, right? And this comes back to those distractions uh, and some other cards that are yet to you know be discussed sidesteps, you can actually um get it to where you're getting more attacks in. The more you attack with these guys in in a single round, the better they are obviously. And there's three of them. So if you can attack with one of them twice, I think that's where you start seeing the value of those wall counters. And and sometimes, you know, if you're if you're charging into Molog and you need, you know, a wall counter or two, and then you can react with Berserk Fortitude, that might be, you know, that game changer. So I think it's that synergy With the wall counter itself that makes it so potent for this warband specifically rather than an overall card as well right because the way i read it is you know inspire plus one dice
1: yeah if you've if you've built your deck so that the the wall counters can increase both your mobility and your defense then this card becomes a lot better
2: and that's a choice right like you can ignore the wall counter mechanic entirely And that's not a bad idea or, either. Or, yeah,
1: or only use it just for, for Morgok's thing. Yeah, and the other interesting thing about it is like if you if you charge with Morgok and and you have this card, then the, his uh, Varkalov, his push move, is itself an action. So you can't you know use it after you charge. Yeah. So getting that extra walk counter, you'd have to use that in the next round. So you got to get creative with how you use this card. I think the best time you could use it is if you had... Something like, um, like center of attention or sidestep, and you're able to like move Morgok in, and then use this. You're able to push Morgok in, use this, and then do his action right after that, or whatever, or after your opponent goes, you do his action and push all your all your people.
0: Uh, guys, uh, taking a look at this, just um, you can't just play this to put a Wog counter on a guy, right? Like if that's all you wanted to do. It's like like you have to make the attack action to get the wah counter. It sounds like after that's that a attack
1: action, place one wah counter on the fighter's fighter card. It says right. it says after that attack action, place one right. counter. Yeah, so you can't do that.
0: So so the so the implication is that if you don't make the attack action, you can't put a counter on.
2: Right. Yeah. You, right. you are committing. So like you. Uh,
0: right.
2: So you can, you can counter. It, yeah. You can get counterplayed, right? So someone can distract you, and then you miss out on a card and a wah counter. Right. Right.
0: Well I was just saying because Morgok only needs one to do the push. You know what I mean? So if it just right. like if if you played it and said after the activation you get a wall counter, then you would get it no matter what, even if you didn't make an attack. But they say specifically after the attack action.
1: Yeah. Right. So
0: you can't just use it to get a cheapo wall counter on somebody. No. As like a, as like a backup.
1: Well you can you know, play the card. Not, you want to the, get both. Yeah. You can play the card to fulfill that objective where you have to play gambits, but you wouldn't yep. get the free yeah, you wouldn't just get to place a walkout around the guy. You have counter. to do the attack. Okay.
0: Alright, we good on this one? Yeah. So we so we so we actually do like this one.
2: Personally I do, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um all right, let's move on. Uh Brutal Cunning. Brutal Cunning. There was a very similar one to this in the in the earlier orcs, uh, which I think was like kind of a Brutal or whatever it was. Brutal but cunning. Kind of but cunning
2: right? Just the word but.
0: A lot of buts. Um, okay. Play this reaction. Play this after a friendly fighter's move action, but not during a super action. That fighter makes an attack action. Uh, so yeah, so you just, instead of a charge, you do a move. Um, and I think that uh, I, I think that, that was a very powerful card when the orcs were using it in season one. And I can see people still using it today, especially if it's an aggro uh, version of the warband.
1: It's weird how they're like giving them just the same card. Like that was their best. That was like their signature card, the the Iron Skull Boys. That's <clears throat> oh, like I their best card. Out.
0: I think. I think. I think their best card's coming up.
1: No, no, no. The Iron Skull Boys. I'm saying.
0: Oh well, they also the... had the they also had a version of the the next card we're going to talk about. But well, they they, we'll
1: they, they have almost the exact same card in brutal, brutal but cunning, and, you know. Rather than just saying, like, oh, that's the Iron Skull special ability card, they just gave it to these guys, too. It's kind of like they're (laughs) erasing Iron Skull boys from existence and just making them these guys now.
0: I think they're just trying to make them, like, you know, in the same, you know, universe. You know, this is, like, a thing they do.
1: Okay.
2: I I think it's a bit of fan service, right, where it's like, we know you've been wanting a new orc warband for a long time. Right. Here's bigger, badder, stronger orcs. But kind of retain that same kind. Or of... Or here's stuff. a
1: mechanic you're familiar with from the last orcs. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's just it's like an orky thing to do, right? They're cunning but brutal, brutal but cunning. But
1: I don't know how it's really cunning though, where you just get to charge. And that's not really cunning, is it? Like you just get to charge <clears throat> them.
0: Maybe it's like but an you orc, get to attack like,
1: more like, than um, once. I don't know. It's like <clears throat>
0: maybe it's like an orc's impression of what cunning would be. You know, like an orc would go like, oh, I'm not going to attack you. No, yes, I am! Like, that's as cunning as an orc gets.
2: Okay. Well, I think the cunning aspect comes in the power cards that you have that supports this, right? So, you, like, make a move action, then you can charge, or not charge, you attack, Mm -hmm. excuse me. Uh, But then you're free to attack again, right? Right. So, you maybe have a distraction or a center of attention, Mm -hmm. maybe with Art Skull, and then you do, like, a little scything attack, you know, it's... It's um it's just again more attacks with these guys is the best right and especially after you lose one then you need you need at least one of them to do three attacks or you know hopefully each do two and so these cards kind of help you cheat that in a way so i think it is yeah. kind of cunning well
1: it's it's cunning in that you can circumvent the 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 structure of the game not that you're circumventing your opponent or whatever you know you're not outthinking your opponent you're outsmarting the game at this point with this card,
0: kind of get the same results. In
2: yeah, I, I think I think yeah, I think. Well, regardless, you're outsmarting somebody.
1: Yeah, right. Probably just me, because <laughs> I'll never see it coming. All right, next card.
2: All right. I do uh, want to point one? out with that card, there's great Oh yeah, yeah. With jealous defense.
0: Oh yeah, jealous defense. Absolutely. Right,
1: so so what's can... what's this combo? You you do this. You 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 move. Malcolm you Grace. attack. Then Run you, onto
0: a thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you move and attack without getting a charge token. Then in the the phase after, you are trying to play Jealous Defense and attack again. Yeah. I
2: think you scored, got it boss along the way, you know.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, there's a so. lot of good stuff here. You could, you could double tap, you know, like a Hroth Corner off the table if you're successful.
2: Morgok, baby. Yep. Morgok. Even on two smash, you can do it. Yep. So.
0: Especially early in the game. Yeah. Of course, if it doesn't work, then you just got a Morgoth sitting there dead in the water. But uh but yeah, no, I can see that being an issue. Alright, uh moving on. Uh, brutal Reprisal. Oh, I love this card. Love it. So good. It's such a throwback. It's such a shade spire era throwback. Play this during an attack action that targets a friendly fighter and succeeds. Which, by the way, obviously if your guy dies. You can't do this, but the thing is that they're so tanky that the chances of them dying are not as not as good, especially earlier in the game. Um, uh, before the drive back step, they can actually say that now because they have the steps for the attack actions. Um, the friendly fighter cannot be driven back and makes an attack action that must target the fighter. So this is actually a little bit, this is kind of like my turn, but I remember with my turn, you push the guy and then you push your own guy closer. That's how my turn worked, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So here you still get to hold on to your objective if you're standing on an objective and that's important to you. I guess, um, and it's better than aggressive defense because you still get to roll defense.
1: Yeah, you're just not uh, getting the push. Yeah, you're you're not getting the push, but you're also not getting the fact that you can't defend. So it's right. kind of like the the best and worst parts of. My turn and Aggressive Defense, I guess. Oh,
0: actually, uh, sorry, that's not the thing about Aggressive Defense that I said was better. Sorry, the thing about Aggressive Defense is that your opponent knows it's coming. Because it's you have to so you play Aggressive
2: Defense attack. at the beginning.
0: Right, whereas this is a reaction, your opponent doesn't know it's coming. Yeah, it's just,
2: it's literally my turn, except you just don't get no, driven sure. back, right? Right, and, and really important nowadays. Yeah, I I really like this card. Um, yeah, my turn was restricted right for a reason, Right and... The fact that you guys are hitting for three damage—I mean, it, you just need—it's like you just need one attack to go through, and it's worth it, right? So, no. giving them more attacks is just so so juicy,
0: so good. I think it goes in. I think, I think it's like obvious that that just goes in. All right, um, it's pretty so powerful. It's super powerful. Uh, let's let let's move on. It's not even worth talking anymore because obviously you just throw it in your deck. Um, all right. Uh, eager advance so eager advance is sidestep but you also get a log token uh after you do it now i love eager advance in this deck because because you get it you get the log token in the power step which means that if they already have a WOG counter on them you can inspire them before they attack so i was using this when i was playing the aggro version of, of the warband um I, I i had this in there definitely it's just a better great. version of sidestep for them
2: great card yeah great card
1: yeah getting wah counters in the power step is extremely good because you don't have to attack first and if your opponent tries to you know keep you away from them as best they can with the board deployment or whatever getting the wa counters before you actually go in is helps you so much
0: yeah I mean even if Sometimes even if my range was fine, I would still do this just to get the wall counter and inspire them. Totally worth it. Great card. Um, anything else we want to say about that one? Good. No good. All right, let's talk about this this card. Yeah, and you inspire. I'm sorry, energy. you
1: inspire. You inspire right, right away when you get the wall counter, so you know you yeah, could do that yeah. and inspire in the power phase and then attack. And now you're so attacking. It's, it's, yeah, it's extremely right. good. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And, uh, and, of course, with, like, Art Skull and Thug, like, not only that, but you also have those WoG counters to, you know, to spend on dice or damage. Like, that, th- that, yep. that right before a big attack can be, like, a huge thing. Uh, all right. WoG uh, energy. Um, so I was playing with this card a lot, and I decided that I hate it. Not okay. because it's not a bad idea. Like, it's really nice to get a Wog token on all of your guys the only thing is you're not going to get a Wog token on all of your guys <laughs> you're going to get one Wog token on one of your guys and it's going to be random i think this is like a trap card now and i you, played with it a lot
1: you didn't get the the mileage out of it you wanted
0: i don't think i ever got more than one log counter every time i play
1: it well like it sounds so good because you get to do it on everyone but then you can't know, really you can't you can't You're like not. uh control like where zero. it goes yeah yeah
0: you can get zero yeah yes. or you
1: can get one on a guy who's already charged and you can't do anything right, with him anymore you need
0: yeah on. i've had that happen yeah it's just so unreliable
1: so you think you you would cut this card from your deck moving forward
0: I think I think only because my personal experience and luck with magic dice is really terrible. Uh, okay. I just don't see it as reliable enough.
1: So if you're a curse breaker's main and you're playing these guys for fun then you
0: No, you I don't take think I don't a... think I play. Them. Oh,
3: okay. The thing to keep in
2: mind is that you it doesn't count crits, right? It's just channels.
0: Right, it's just channels. So well, there's just... three. I mean, it's it's a coin flip for everyone.
2: Yeah. And Yeah. I think it's better in in a control build because you have passive ways to inspire your warband. Um, but I still don't know if it makes that cut. You know, I've played against a buddy of mine, and, and he was running it, and he was getting decent mileage out of it. But
1: And if you're playing I'm, Control, the, yeah. the 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 Gambit's... Your Gambit's deck is going to be really competitive, probably.
2: Yeah. There's so I'm surprised things. he played it. Yeah. Because this person is a great Control player. Um... But I think
1: I'll uh, just try. It I, I don't know.
2: I don't. Yeah, maybe he was just trying. It. Yeah, you're right. I just I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I, I I've kind of soured on it. Just because. And like you said, it ju-
1: it it when you read it, you're like, holy crap, this is really good. And then you play with it, and you're like, eh, it's not yeah, it not not matter. not as uh, impressive as I thought it was. Right. Yeah.
0: All right, but that is still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven gambits that we thought were noteworthy, which is like a lot, you know. Um, let's move on to uh, upgrades. Um, so we had a couple. Let's let us go let us go with nerd to Pain first because I think that this is the one that that has the most <clears throat> the most use. Doesn't matter which, uh, you know, what type of deck you're gonna play. nerd to Pain. Which is, uh, when this fighter is dealt damage, reduce that damage by one to a minimum of one. As if these guys weren't tanky enough, let's make him tankier. Yeah,
2: uh, This is one of those cards where I think can become a problem. I don't know if it's one now, but we haven't seen them, and we haven't seen a major event. I know we have one in seven days. Uh, six days, rather. But, you know, you have a warband with... We've seen this with Hrothkorn, right? Six wounds... Reduced by one. And then you have this now with five Wound Fighters, which is not much of a difference. This is an auto-include. It's very good. Probably going to get restricted. Like, it's yeah. it's They, they, they restricted it tough and
0: hide, didn't they?
2: Yeah, which is the same, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Same, yeah.
0: Same card. Yeah. Uh, it's a little... I think it's a little less useful on these guys because they're not six, they're five. But it's still... I mean, the math might work out you know a little bit less in this case than with Rothcorn but i mean still it's like uh, well what yeah they are getting so, into
1: unkillable territory and we're going to get to some strategies when we when we as we move on with the episode but like the fact that you can right. make these guys you can make at least one guy really hard to kill might end up being a, a problem in in right. the, So the like let's what,
0: what's the average attack profile you know a 2 or 3 damage attack right
2: i'd say killer. probably so, 2 average is 2 smash 2 damage
0: right two damage maybe so yeah. let's say so so how many so let's say in the normal flow of a game you're going to have probably like one card that adds a damage so so let's say it takes two shots to kill one of these guys right if you put this on them it automatically turns into three right because then yeah. you're gonna you're gonna hit for three you'd, or you'd have to hit for three twice no that wouldn't even do it you know it' still it would still be three attacks because that would be that would be two, two yeah. and another two So it would have to be like two plus push into a lethal. So it just, it it complicates killing one of these guys. And especially if you're playing, you know, like a control build where, um, and this is where I would use it. um, You're playing control build and you need like one guy to be like, you know, a tome caddy or an avatar caddy, uh, which is, you know, how I was playing it. You know, like this just makes that much more difficult. They have to deal much, many more attacks. They all have to be successful. Um, it, It really can be oppressive in a build like that
2: it's it's just really good you this is one of this is an auto-include this is like the sudden appearance of Morgax crushes you take this card every time yeah
0: I think I I think no matter what the build, you take it because it's useful even if you're playing aggro just keeps a guy on the table for another another attack yeah Um, all right Uh, for aggro play we uh, we had brute charge this is really great uh, for aggro play Roles of Smash and also Fury are successes for this fighter's range one attack actions as made uh, made as part of a charge action. Now, you're going to be doing a lot of charging anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, when they're inspired, they're all on Fury. So Fury means that, like, every dice is a one-third chance of being a success because you can have one face be either a Fury or a Crit. But now it changes it into a every dice is a two-thirds chance. To, to attack, if you have uh, you know three dice, which is what you have uh, on all of them, uh, I think especially after you get these guys uh, inspired, this is just a great card. And just on Art Skull in general, because his issue is you know is, is landing shots is issue is, with is accuracy. It doesn't require wad counters at all, so you still have those wad counters to pump it up. I think on Art Skull, especially, this is you get a lot of value out of this.
2: Yes, I think the number one candidate is Art Skull. Uh, and then followed by Morgok and then and then Young Thug. And the reason is um I think attack. Oof. That yeah, well the scything attack is great, don't get me wrong, but like if you really need that big punch to go through, you know, you make yeah. that if you have a upgrade on him where he's doing four and then you need to do five damage. That, that right there damage, makes your yeah. makes your attack like percentage to hit exp- like increase exponentially.
0: Think about if you had, you know, brute charge Sting of the Urgrub, which is something that you might be playing with them anyway. Two counters, you brute charge onto a Hrothborn, you can knock him out in one shot. You
2: know. You can yeah, and you add Haymaker to it. Like that just right. you know, or, exactly. or or what's that other card we talked about earlier?
1: Um Uh the the determined effort one. Yeah, the one yeah. that gives you the wa counter when you, yeah. when you get an extra dice.
0: Right. It's uh oh, Br- we already forgot. Brutal attack or uh brutal attack.
2: Brutal yeah. attack, yeah. I mean it's as you can see, again, there's so many unique synergies within the Warband, but is it is it like how do you fit all of that in, right? I think that's the challenge,
0: right? Yeah, but uh, but there is a lot of great stuff to choose from, uh, really really strong stuff. Okay, uh, the last one that we thought was interesting in the uh, in the upgrade section was Vengeful Glare. Um, Vengeful Glare is a reaction. Uh, you put it on anybody you want. Uh, after the attack action that targeted this fighter, place a Wog Counter on the Fighter's Fighter card. So every time a particular fighter of yours gets attacked, they get a Wog Counter. I think you get a lot of mileage out of this, you know, if it's Thug or Ard Skull, but then on the, uh, and, you know, the the attack action doesn't have to be successful, so they can whiff and you still get one. I I don't know if it's, like, obviously because it's your opponent, like, doing something to you, you can't like rely on it, but maybe just as a deterrent. I don't know if that's worth it to throw in your deck though. It, it, this this feels very bubbly for me.
2: This card. I think it's one of those cards where if you can think you can make it work consistently, you probably take it. Um I think if you're mostly a control build, um but you could it could, it could probably find a way into aggro as well, but you know again, we talk about the cutthroat nature of deck building in this game why would you take this when you can take you know duelist speed for example like it's yeah, just
0: that, that, you, know, you can get more mileage out of other stuff i think yeah yeah
2: something to consider uh, though i think for sure
0: yeah. uh plus it's a reaction it's after an attack action so it might block a few windows
2: that is that is a neat part yeah so you can probably potentially block snare
0: but I think it. I think it. I think that's way too matchup dependent to like, definitely take in your deck. Um, all right. Uh, but that's kind of all we thought was good for the object. Uh, the upgrades. All right. So it is now time to give out our card awards. Uh, so the first uh, card award that we do in factions specific stuff is uh, the hunting aspect award. This is the award that goes to the card that is a danglebro specific shitty card. And the nominees are Berserk Whirl and Vessel of the Wog. So let's see. Uh, Berserk Whirl, That's uh, it's an upgrade. It gives you a reaction. After the fighter's activation... Oh, sorry. And it goes on uh, Skull. After this fighter's activation, scatter two from the fighter's hex and push them one hex along the chain. If you cannot push this fighter into an empty hex, nothing happens. So just afterwards, the guy just kind of randomly runs over somewhere. So it has
1: scatter, which means I don't care, right? Right,
0: exactly. Scatter anything. <laughs> like I'm not really
1: super interested.
0: Ivan, uh, any any particular uh, thoughts about that card? Um. Uh, nope. Okay. No. Okay, move no.
2: On. No, Vessel I don't. Of the
0: Wad, we, we also have Vessel of the Wog, which you also put on Ard's Skull. Uh, it's an action, so you actually have to take an activation to do it. Place a Wog counter on any fighter card that's uh, on the fire card of each friendly fighter within two hexes. So your guys might not even be near you at that point. <laughs> if you already have enough glory to put things on there, maybe you, you get one. Uh, each friendly. Does it put it on your own? You are a that, friendly fighter within two hexes
2: yeah so you you get it for yourself too,
0: okay, so you can spend an activation to get one wall counter and maybe your friends get one, yeah, all right, which one's crappier, which one gets the award?
2: I think the second one is a worse card As yeah, and a it, one. even though like Blizzard world is is so so close to it right. <laughs> um.
0: I I don't know, I think Berserk Whirl, like, if you can control the push, might be better, but it's scatter, and scatters never work the way you want them to.
2: Actually, so you can kind of tilt it in a way in which, like, you know... Again, it's so random, right? Because you scatter what? How many do you scatter? Two. Yeah, okay, so you roll three dice, pick two. Maybe, I don't know. I think it's kind of thematic, like, he's just whirling around, spinning his thing around, but...
0: Sure, yeah. I would never spend an
2: action to gain one,
1: like... That's what we call top-down design. Where they make a name for the card, and then they design the card around the name.
0: Right. Okay. So we're so we're giving it to Vessel of the Wog. We don't like that one. Hunting aspect award goes to Vessel of the Wog. The next award is the aggressive defense award. This is for the uh, most uh, uh, unnecessarily confusing card. But actually, we have no nominees for this. We thought that every card in the set, in the faction set, anyway, uh, are are comprehensible. We didn't really see anything that we didn't like. Everything seems, everything's
1: very hard. straightforward and easy to understand in this way. Everything yes. is written in, in a way where you see the, the, the development of the game over time, which I think is good. Like there's nothing really confused. When does this happen? Can I use this at this time? Is everything's very specific and Defense laid out there award, I you. think
0: is, I think is going to go the way of like the VMA for best alternatives rock band or something like that. Like they're just, doesn't happen that much anymore. Maybe we don't need that award. I don't know. Uh, but uh, if it happens a couple times, I guess so. But uh, no nominees there's, this time around. There's
2: definitely some universal cards that could win this award very easily. Though. Yeah,
0: but we already went over them. There's no fact yeah. specific ones. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we love to give out the unintentionally sexual card name award. And um, that was also kind of tough because everything's like in Orc Talk, and we just assume. How do orcs reproduce?
2: They so don't. They are not yeah. right? They, just they grow, grow like
0: fungus. Right? Yeah. They just grow. So there's there's nothing sexual about them. They're they're asexual at best.
1: Well, um, speak for yourself.
0: Well, okay. Uh, just saying. Uh, the the best one we could figure was uh, was Eager Advance. Uh, but again, it's really the Eager thing that uh, got, it was kind of weak. Now what? I kind of like. I, I kind of like. order uh, uh, to pain.
2: Incredible bellow.
0: Uh, yeah, I we were thinking that one too. We were right. thinking, but that's like again, that's like that's like a third end phase thing, right? Well, we were
1: saying right, that true. rather Th- than third end out, phase
0: from like a yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: Rather yeah. than giving out the unintentionally sexual card name, we'll give the unintentional marital problems award.
0: Yeah, this is a little bit easier because yeah. we have we have two nominees for this. We have a uh, seething hatred.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and vengeful yeah. glare. Vengeful glare. So,
1: that's what you get from your 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 wife when you're painting your models right
0: yeah which i've done by the way um i think that uh as the only married guy in the group um i'm gonna have to go with uh i'm gonna have to go with vengeful glare i don't get seething hatred from her because uh that says more about her choices in life
1: yeah well when she's your ex-wife then you'll get the the hatred let's not get ahead (laughs) of ourselves
0: all right um but I get a lot of Vengeful Glares. I, I get a lot of that. So I think that more likely Vengeful Glares is the uh, is gonna take the unintentional evocation of marital trouble in a card name award. Okay, um, all right. So now we have two new awards uh, that we came up with. Uh, the first award is the Grawl Award. Uh, which is uh, where we give uh, what we think is the single best thing about this expansion, because we all know that Grawl was the best part about the the uh, the Godsworn. Uh, what do we like here, Amon? What do, what do you think? What's what? What would you give the Grawl award to?
2: And this is a specific card, right? Or no, it no, it can be of...
0: literally anything about it. Anything. It doesn't even have to be game stuff. Like you like the way that you know Ard Skull's skull thing looks, or. Uh, you like the, the the sculpts, or you like the you know the wog counter aspect. It can be literally anything about it.
2: I like the fact that there's just another like, like a big orky warband in the in the game. Yeah, I haven't had one for two years.
0: There, there you go. Like that's fine. Uh,
1: the new and improved sure, uh, orcs.
0: Yeah. Upgraded, Rambo, what do you like?
1: Upgraded firmware to the more modern version of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Randall. Yeah, what is you... just like a graphics update? You know, they looks looks amazing. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Randall, no, we just have a fun. Yeah, graphics update and a functional update to orcs. So now you can play orcs and not feel like a trash can, be embarrassed. You know, <laughs> put <putting laughs> yeah. them on the board no, anymore. I, th-
0: I think that's fair. Okay, so Grawl Award goes to the playability of the warband. Just the fact that they they made an orc warband that is competitive and 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 kind of works. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. And then now you have to do it for
1: like Dude, you, Slayer mm-hmm. Dwarves.
0: I was about to do this. I was about to do the name of the new one. Come right, on, man. Ahead. This is a good one. I love this award. It's the didn't even want it award. And this is the uh, the thing about the warband, the thing about the expansion that you kind of wish wasn't there. Like you don't like this part of it. What do we not like about this? It can be anything, literally anything. Go, Amon. Go,
2: they the fact that they have they look like an aggro warband they have stats like an aggro warband but they just have some great warband specific synergies with control that it takes away from the fact that this is supposed to be the like you know the the essential the aggro warband like nothing gets no nothing gets more aggro than orcs right uh, especially orc brutes who all look like they're running forward, and uh, the fact that they are actually probably better played control. That's that's I didn't want that.
0: That's annoying.
1: Yeah. Randall. Well, it just any, you, any yeah thing? you're seeing we're gonna get to the, the this strategy that Amon's talking about here in a minute, but it just seems like these guys are gonna require. you know, like you, you look at them and you're just kind of tweaking your head, saying like how how did they come out? Like this strong, and we're gonna definitely have to see some adjustments to them in the next uh, FAQ restricted list. I think, at least,
0: probably. I think a lot of the stuff is gonna get get checked out by that that restricted list. Um, my didn't even want an award for this warband. Is just the fact that I'm gonna go to events and there's gonna be people talking like orcs more than there ever was, and I I can't I don't like that. I mean I I'm again I am not like a GW you know you know tried and true guy like I just showed up and I find the people talking like orcs thing to be really
1: annoying well we like that okay so I know so I'm just
0: saying it's like shut your mouth. Gonna, gonna, there's gonna be one dude that I'm gonna be sitting across the table at at some event and he's gonna be talking and it's definitely gonna be he he's gonna be talking like an orc the entire game
2: mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna be like I will dude, you
0: just play it just play the card Come on.
2: Uh, like, what does he say? Like, oi, max you in for proper crumping. You know, something like <laughs> uh, that, or what? Like,
0: uh, just, ooh, this is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Uh, and so the other I thing is, like, I can't do it because every time I do, uh, you know, every time yeah, I try to do an accent. you because you
1: can't do it. That's I can't do an accent. Like every yeah, time yeah. I do an
0: accent, it turns into, like, a Russian accent. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It could be a Scottish accent. My
1: girlfriend does Italian.
0: That. It could be, like, and it just goes Russian. It's Everything like she does
2: turns Russian eventually.
0: Listen, I'm from Long Island. My Long Island accent turns Russian after a while. It's like terrible. Because you're like,
1: so close to I, Brooklyn, that's why. I, you know, there's a I'm funny giving, story.
0: I'm giving all just. I'm giving. I, I'm overriding the both of you. I'm giving didn't even want an award to the fact that people are gonna be talking in work too much. Okay, go ahead.
2: There's fun, so when I was, uh, you know, when I was younger, there's a local Games Workshop store, and like before every 40k tournament, or even fantasy, they would make us walk. <laughs> like we would have to like Make we would have uh, to like, well yeah for taking uh, the picture that when
1: you take the they want to take the picture
2: no like this was a thing like whoever had the best wall got like one free reroll. oh in, like, was a this like uh. a
0: pledge of allegiance kind of thing it like was weird man and you have
2: to do and then i had like another guy who had like the imperial guardsman handbook so he would like read an oath at uh, the beginning uh, of every tournament like uh, great uh, guys really nice people really into the game which is you know awesome in a way but like I've I've had people like quoting imperial guardsmen like, like, like laws and I don't know yeah. protocols and then people just wawing at my face and it's just so nothing Great surprises guys. me anymore honestly.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I guess that's the thing is that I've never played you know like 40k or AOS or anything like that. So for me, it's like I've only played a competitive version of this stuff, and so the focus I think with with Underworlds is, is on the competitive aspect of the game. Like, it's not about the paint, like painting's great, fine, but it's not about that. It's not about the lore. It's about put the guys in the on the table and play magic plus chess plus risk, you know? And uh, so for me, like I've never had that, you know, issue, but wow, like that would really bother me.
1: Yeah, this game doesn't really attract the, uh, the narrative right. style players anymore you know i think a lot of them tried it and then got out of it didn't like so it. <laughs> you you don't you don't get exposed to to that crowd too often
2: the narrative right. is actually really cool about the game too
1: well i mean like playing playing yeah. for the narrative you know
2: yeah yeah no you're absolutely right but like i think playing, i think
1: playing your most favorite warband cuz you like that faction the most and uh you know really getting into it and
2: i mean you know, there are people you... that still play orcs to this day the first yeah. ones so but you're absolutely right. You're not getting the... You're not getting stuff.
1: that crowd when you play this game. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Happy not to. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> See, now people at events... Are gonna yeah, go yeah go you're going to... Yeah, we people are... like anything and talking like... Good verse. thing there's We're no events like coming
1: Weaver up in person because like you'd have, know. you know, listeners coming up to you
0: and knowing exactly. the shit out of you. I, don't, I don't. Uh, Okay. Uh, so just real quick before we move on, let's talk about uh, some of the deck builds and some of the matchups for these guys before we move on uh so we've been hinting at this that there's really two major obvious deck builds there might be something else out there that we're not seeing because like certain cards haven't come out maybe maybe in season four something else will pop up but as it stands right now that we have the entire season three uh out and in your card sleeves uh the two that we thought we saw and aman help us out here we see uh aggro and we see control so let's talk about aggro first um if you're playing aggro uh what do we? What do we have to have in this deck?
2: Movement and accuracy, right? Any anything that can help you get to the opponent and then hit them easier is like so, so so required.
0: Sure. And and uh, as far as like uh, objectives go, like we were talking about how hidden purpose and now what and Got It boss. Are actually still pretty good with these guys, even if you're playing aggro, because it's a little bit of passive glory to kind of get the train rolling. Um, we also like show of force with these guys, especially show for force is the aggro so good. version. But to be honest with you, I was playing Show of Force with the um with the control version of the deck, and it was fine. It still worked. I got it every time. Just have to kind of wait a little bit until there's a little bit extra glory to, to throw stuff on a guy, but you'll still score it for that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's they seem to be designed to for doing going this route. You know, when you look at the cards and you look at the the fighter, you know the, the the fighter cards and the the faction cards, they seem to be slanted towards this strategy. At first, when you look at them,
0: at, at first, right? So we got spectral wings, Malak Grace. We said for accuracy, stuff like strength of terror, haymaker, potion of rage. We still like a nerd to pain, of course. Berserk fortitude is always good. It's a get out of kills free card. Uh, especially if you have the wad counters, do it. You, you said you like the idea of putting nightmare in the shadows in. Yeah, kidding.
2: so I think defend my position. <laughs>
1: I, I, th- well, I think it's defensible. You're saying that, like, put distraction go and nightmare in the shadows in at the same time.
2: Yeah, I think okay. I think that's so good. Right. So what, great thing about so first of all, you're slow, so you got three movement, and then you know you have it helps with that. Yeah, you know, Eager advance is you know probably going to go in, so you can kind of cheat that movement. But the best part about this game, uh, or one of the strongest cards in this game ever printed is distraction, because you can manipulate your opponent's positioning, and they may not be able to do anything about it. So, you know, a lot of times people will move a fighter, and they'll be like, what's his range? Oh, three? Okay. And they'll just be like, you know, five hexes out, or four hexes, you know, whatever, the outside of the threat range. And then you can cheat that. And I think being able to move them closer, you know, like if you want to do a cunning but brutal, you can move on to an, a, you know... Objective token, attack somebody. Scything
0: attack, maybe? Yeah.
2: Play Distraction, then play Jealous Defense, you know. Like, there's so much synergy here with the distractions. And, like, if you look at, you know, you played a lot of Magoras, right, Max? Like, you know, back in the day, like, Distraction and Sidestep were, like, auto-includes at that time when you played Magoras, right? Yeah. Like, end of Shadespire, early night vault. Um,
0: At at least Distraction. I don't remember what else I had in that deck, but, I mean, I could go back and look at it, but I I had Sidestep.
2: You know, because, like... And and maybe you don't need two side steps, but I think it's very very worth considering taking nightmare in the shadows and distraction, especially
0: personally. now since like uncontested is out there, dug in is out there, you know all of that. You know, so if you're playing against a uh, you know uh, an objective uh, based warband, you want to make sure that they don't land on those at the end of the rounds. So
2: yeah, and like, also also quarry builds of, too. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of different things that to. to there's a lot of different things you could do with a distraction and nightmare in the shadows I mean it, to have two of them makes it even stronger uh, again I still think that they should have restricted distraction and not nightmare in the shadows just for the people who don't want to buy the gifts pack but okay
2: right and, and that's fair uh, but keep in mind you can always use your old distraction um
0: yeah well newer players aren't gonna have that
2: yeah. that's what I'm saying it's, it's true it's, true it's,
0: it's more for like the the, the newbies
2: yeah I think um, also absolute stillness is so good that you know you stick cryptic companion on a Chain wrath in the back, and then you get extra glory at the end of the round, and you score two for absolute stillness. You can, you can, yeah. or if like someone's like, I equip Tome of Glories on this fighter, just you right. know, like yeah, exactly. super inefficient for them. So right, yeah, yeah, it's such no, a good it,
0: card. It's good to have, yeah, and it's good to have because it just again, it just has so many applications. It really is worth it, um, which which is strange because when I when I first started playing the game and I saw distraction, I'm like, all right, so you move a guy one, like who cares? But then like playing it more, you're like, oh, that is. Super good for a lot of different reasons because yeah. it has so many applications against so many different things.
2: I think it's one of the so, best cards period. Ever. Yeah, in the in game. Beast, it, ever. And in Beast Grave it's just number one. Like you'd never see a deck without this card. Ever. Throw a
0: dude into a in, throw a dude into a I, I feel like throwing a dude like a chain rasp or no not chain rasp, but like if you're throwing uh you know, like a two wound fighter that like ran through a lethal for uh for calculator risk and then throwing them back into the lethal to kill them with distraction. I feel like that's almost wasting the card at this point because there's so many other things you want to hold it onto onto it for. Yeah. That it's like I now have to think. Okay, do I throw that guy back in there? Because is that even worth it? I don't know if it is now. Like, there's just I, I need to save that in case this guy's got you know uncontested. So, um, yeah, great card, great card. Um, side step. We said distraction, of course. Duelist speed. We like as well uh real good especially in the later phases of the game where you're already like in in the scrum Nope. not you know not the card but like you know well dualist speed really the helps
1: these guys finish out the game cuz like mom said yeah. attacking with them more than once you know like if you just charge with everybody one round that's not as good as using your cards to manipulate the their the board and making it so they can attack multiple times um this is where you want to be or at with can, these guys.
0: Or you could attack and then duel a speed onto an objective and squirt out a boss. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah. I think it's a good one. Uh, potential restricted cards we talked about here is stuff like Combo Strike, Tome of Offerings, Nightmare in the Shadows, Restless Prize, Frenzied Search, um, because a lot of those, uh, a lot of the objectives you might use, even though you're playing aggro, might involve uh, objective tokens uh Tome of offerings
1: yeah i think you'd definitely want to it's, take that right because ah, it's a little
0: tough it's a little tough but they, they yeah they can't
1: really... take uh, the other one the um the hunter one yeah they
0: can't take they can't take trophy belt and it's just my my only issue is that they can't it 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 takes a lot of doing to get them to attack more than once
1: but that's your goal though that's what you're yeah, building towards if you're playing the macro I,
0: yeah i mean you'll you'll get uh, Okay, I'm, on, I'm on, go ahead.
2: So okay, yeah. So good point on that. they're most likely going to charge maybe three times a game, right? And right. and that's kind of their 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 whole shtick. Um, but I like some of the cards that we've discussed, is because like tumble of offering. Sometimes you just need that one glory, and if you're lucky, you can get two. Like on average, tumble of offering probably gets you one to two glory a game. Yeah. Uh, maybe one point five is like the average number. Um and but it's something you would definitely consider, right? You consider it when you build any aggro deck, he's like, Can I fit Tomb of Offerings in here? I think the Amberbone weapons really help offset that. So like maybe you can take the spear and the mace to kinda help alleviate some of that early attacks or maybe mid 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 game attacks. Um but I think it's something you definitely worth consider. Like you know, you can even on Magor, like you put Tomb of Offering on him, right? Or Ribtooth. Because you yeah, just want it. that one to two potential extra glory. Amberbone really throws that on its head, because you probably get a better attack along the way as well, right? And it's the same thing, but it's like it's a potential. That's the whole point of this this list, right? Is we consider it, it may not make the cut. Play but, around uh, with
0: it, see if it, see if it you get a lot of value out of it, and
1: you, yeah. you don't cut it. Well, it's I like. Pack. Oh, go ahead. No, you got it. I I like amberbone weapons in better in warbands where it actually upgrades their attack like significantly whereas with these guys it doesn't necessarily except give them the extra range with like the spear maybe or the axe cuz these guys their attacks are already really good and i think you know as we've seen going on in the game in in season 3 if you're playing an aggro warband killing killing half of your opponent's models and scoring almost your entire deck isn't enough glory to actually win the game sometimes against things like Gr- grimwatch and stuff like that. So I think having yeah. tome of offerings is a, if you're playing this style warband is definitely you're going you're gonna, to you got to consider that especially since you can't take the other one the the trophy hunter. Trophy
0: belt.
1: Yeah, trophy sure, belt. You know, I,
2: yeah. I agree. Trophy belt. Um okay. I think I think this you could maybe play for this spear because you know yeah, I the range the would range. be
1: nice. Yeah,
0: the range would be nice. The only issue is then that kind of takes away like Sting of the Urgrub, Grub, and one of the other ones was like a range one attack thing. If you wanted to use it, mm-hmm. um, uh, brutal charge, I think, uh, was had to be range one. All right, um, so that's your that's your aggro. Obviously, go in, smash face, enjoy. I uh, hope your de- yeah. hope your dice work.
2: Um, I do uh, want to quickly talk about Combination okay. Strike too, because it's okay, like a card that a lot of people don't really consider anymore, but. I don't like. I, I think didn't like it oh, in the
0: first place. Like, huh? I never liked it, just because with my luck, I would get combo strike either in my opening hand with no other surges, or I would get it when I only had one surge in my deck, and then when I scored that surge, I would draw up an end phase card again. Like I just got so snake bit by that card that even though I know it has value, I just just law of averages did not work on me. So that's why I just don't play it. I'm not saying it's a bad card. I'm not saying it's not worth a restricted slot. I'm saying I'm never going to take it because it doesn't work for me. But as you were, I think.
2: I think I think that's a very good point, and especially in a six surge meta or deck style, like it's definitely limited. Um, I think these guys need solid end phase scoring, and I think they have some really good surges. You know, now what slash hidden purpose show of force got it, boss like. If you can get those out, um, and you you know, I guess luck is on your side when you draw a little bit.
0: That's that's just the reason why.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I love that card. That was in every single one of my decks I ever made until it got restricted, or until Beastgrave right. happened, really. So, yeah, something worth considering for sure. All
0: right, cool. Uh, do you go? Do you guys want to move into this control build?
1: Yes, definitely. This is this it? is okay. the this is the big thing that. Where, this is where yeah. all our concerns come from.
0: Yeah, well, I I tried this at the at the at the webcam tournament, and um, I I would say it worked pretty good. Uh, the reason why I lost three out of four rounds is just because of just stuff that happened at the end. Just really great dice rolls from my opponent. Um, one pilot error against JD where I forgot to run away, um, and then the other game where uh, I, I should have won and I scored all the stuff. He was playing thorns, so he outscored me twenty-two to twenty-one. You know, it was like it, it was all like like small stuff like this. So I don't know if like right, my, that's I think what I'm I saying. think that the version that I had was actually pretty good because I was scoring in the mid to high teens and again into the twenties every time. Um, even if even you know even if the my my, my caddy died, but like I feel as though uh, I feel as though there's there's definitely something here. So so the 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 deck is that you play. Avatar,
1: the avatar of the all Earth the avatar, avatar
0: upgrades, Earth. yeah, all the all the all the upgrades, right, which I love, tomes, and also to the end. All right, so you're playing all three of these things. Uh, Acolyte of the Cataphranes. Um, what you do not play, though, and Amon, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is you don't play Tome of Vitality and you don't play uh Tome of Offerings because you need the restricted slot for your draw engine. Uh, yeah and some passive glory um so we had uh uh, so i was playing uh my three were acolyte calculator risk frenzied search um but we also thought maybe restless prize maybe sudden growth to keep your tome caddy alive uh cryptic companion because your tome caddy will likely be standing on an objective with tome of glories for a lot of it um and uh, and yeah, and we were using the other four or five tomes that are not those two and not incantations because obviously we don't have a wizard. Uh, tell me about this. How 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 would you set this one up?
2: Yeah, yeah. So very much like you said, right? You you ideally want to win boards. You max upset. You put the molten shard put down. Randall's favorite, yep. and then you camp two dudes on an objective,
0: and you just. Slice cheese the whole time
2: yeah and i think one great strategy that you can leverage is because morgok is like one of the best leaders in the game stat wise you can just you can you can go charge around and wreck havoc with morgok right consume your opponent's attention maybe disrupt their objective plans uh while your other two dudes are just sitting in the back scoring and like more often than not yeah more often than not like someone's going to be like oh i can kill his leader I'll go for it. But it's actually not the right play. You know, ignore Morgoth. Go kill the dudes in the back who are stacking Avatar tomes and or grubs and tomes because that's how they're winning. Morgoth is there just to distract you. And and that's how that build works really is you know, offer up some offer up some like pretty pretty attractive meat, right? And then sit in the back and right. like you said, slice cheese
0: is attractive me let me tell you
1: well he's just so um, strong on his own that you you don't really need like the the problem you run into when you play these tome decks is you're taking away a lot of your best upgrades to play these cards that don't really do anything you know like you look at your opponent's hand or whatever or you you know the tomes don't actually, really do much
3: well.
1: yeah yeah but i mean like they don't they don't do much right so like they're not giving you extra damage health anything like well the the health one does um, but you said yeah. you don't play that one. That but Morgoth well, is so strong. Yeah, Morgog is so strong on his own that without any upgrades, he can still, you know, fend off your opponent's entire warband before he dies. And then you're able to, you know, get you're able to to suit up one of your people with all the tomes and the, the avatar.
0: Amon, yeah. who's your tome caddy?
2: I think hard skull.
0: I think so, too. That's it. He's the guy I was using.
2: He's his, the least um... efficient. In terms of player. attacks. Yeah. So you, you put it on Art Skull. I think there's a case where like if you're playing against Wild Hunt or maybe like uh, Aggro Gits or Grimoire, or anything with good movement that can reliably take one of your fighters down, I think it's a very good idea to split your avatar mm-hmm. and your tome upgrades. Got it. So maybe yeah. like you know whichever one has Inured to Pain on it, give him the tomes. And then the other one, give him the avatar. Uh, because if you lose one of them, you can still yeah. get Pat glory through the other card. But if you lo- if you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, historically right. speaking, that's never worked out. Right. Unless uh, you're hard. Or
0: at least right, or at least it's like dangerous. Um I, I see that. Now now I was originally playing uh where I had all three of these big cards. I had Acolyte, Avatar, and To the End. I took out to the End, which I think there's a case for, because I found there were a couple times I would like do the card draw simulator, you know, to see what would come up where my opening hand, which, by the way, you can't if you get these three cards and any one of these three cards in your opening hand, it is tough to toss. But there were some cases where I was getting two and some cases where I was getting all three. And I felt like because your win condition is Avatar and Tomes, that's where you're going to get all your glory from. To the end became a little expendable, and so I think that uh, if you're going to do it this way, you have to kind of, you have to kind of figure out if to the end is really worth it to put in there. Yeah, you know, like so- I had the draw engines in there anyway. Like I'm, I'm, I'm planning getting through my deck because I want all the tomes and all the avatars to come up. But just from a gum up your, uh, your, uh, your objective deck, I think to the end is maybe not something you put in here.
2: It's definitely greedy, right? It's very greedy. Like your worst hand, as you mentioned, are those three cards, and and there are very well be may, very well maybe times where you draw, all three in your opening hand, but you still keep it. You toss to the end, and you kind of go about your game plan. Um, yeah. the to the end synergy is just nice because, you're going to draw through your deck because you need all those cards. So as you mentioned, you have that synergy anyways. If you don't like it, you can you can you know, and it just really depends. You can switch it out for something else. The challenge is that. Like I don't know if there is much any much better else out there.
0: I think what I put in was uh, singled out in its place, so it's one less glory, but I'm squaring it all the time.
2: Right, and and that's some, certainly is. something you can consider. Right, but I mean, I guess my question to you is, if you draw acolyte, avatar, and singled out, it's just equally as bad at hand.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, but it doesn't. Yeah, no, I guess you might be right. Yeah, and the other thing that I noticed as I was playing with it uh is that there were games where i was completely drawn out before the third round even started you know because i had And all you can score them, to you
2: know? the end in like the second round that's right pretty crazy, yeah yeah.
0: yeah. so i don't know I, I think that there's i think that there's a, a reason not to put all three in there um because I, look look here's the thing you're definitely not gonna score in the first round all three of them you can't like it's it, it, i think it's next to impossible you'd have to get really lucky with your glory uh uh with kills and and your you know avatar like like pulling all the avatar things and putting them all on one guy scoring in the first round very unlikely to happen so um that was the reason why i took out to the end i just felt like it might gum up my hand too much
1: (laughs) well, acolyta <laughs> ac- that Cataphrane's mm-hmm. you can't do yet. Yeah, that's in the third end phase. I cannot.
2: Yeah. And then, Sorry, and then the, the avatar. What you can't,
1: You just get the, the only one you could possibly get in the first in the first phase would be the avatar. Avatar. If you got yeah, really, if lucky. really lucky, and if you got lucky, you had all three and the objective, and kills. you got you you were able to play them all in the same round. And, right. and I, don't, I don't think control, it's mathematically possible to to get. Uh, to the end in the first round, right? I don't, I don't. You mulligan and then you go down to what, fifteen? And then I don't think you can, or you go down to ten. I don't know. Can you draw ten cards? And
0: you would have ten left if you mulliganed once. Yeah,
1: but can then what you draw what ten you cards in one round?
2: Yeah, you can do if you did frenzy and quick search. Oh, Okay, yeah. You know, that's, and then yeah, all then draw you you know, all, all
1: your action cards.
2: Line. The and thing is, you that need experiment. you need a natural truce too.
0: Yeah, which I threw in. I hate that card, but if you are doing I hate that card by itself, but if you're playing to the end or if you're trying to draw through your deck, you, you kind of need to take it. It's like a necessary evil. I think.
2: It's certainly <clears throat> one of the cards that helps with consistency, which again, which is why I think just sticking to the end in there is is solid. I mean if you if you're really against it and you're not already taking digging deep, you can take the digging deep, right?
0: I think I had digging deep also. Yeah.
2: Um all right.
1: So, so the objective can, so deck is very different for this deck than it is for the, uh, the aggro.
2: Very much so. Very, very much so. Dick, yeah. so. you probably have Show of Force, Hidden Purpose, and now what, in this deck as well. Yeah, I did. But aside from that, it's quite different, I think.
0: All right. Uh, let's talk about matchups. So let's start with the, with the aggro version. And then we'll talk about the control version. So if you're playing the aggro version, where you're just trying to go in and smash face, and and you're sitting down at the table, what do you want to see across the table from you?
2: Yeah, you want to see probably less punchier aggro. I think. Um, I think this warband can really brutal brutalize and bully other warbands who want to fight you. Um, I think that is. That's probably one of their strengths. That's probably how they were designed. They're brawlers. They can so play like the long example,
0: game, like 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 Wild Hunt. You want to see across the table. Yeah, I know? think like Godsworn, Wild Hunt. Well, I mean, everybody wants uh, to see Godsworn on the other side of the table. You know, um, just
2: because of Grawl. I You're think jealous. maybe like a,
0: <laughs> Mash you in the face, but good doggie.
2: I, I wouldn't even mind Magors honestly, um,
1: but I've I played think, that yeah. matchup oh, they and they Magor. Got Kleeve, though,
2: Cleve is nasty, mm-hmm. so nasty, really and I think I think they just trade better honestly. So actually. I, if I'm being I mean, honest, I, like...
0: I, I played the control version against Magorza when, when I played against JD and he got me. But it was only, again, I should have just run away. Because like, yeah. I, I had my win condition.
2: The the challenge with this warband is that they aesthetically, and and even by the community and, and probably by the designers, they want to be so aggressive. They want to be the quintessential aggro warband. But they just don't have they that universal support.
0: Figured it support. out, yeah.
2: So they yeah. just... Honestly, like if you're playing aggro, you want to see you want to probably play against someone who probably wants to fight you. Yeah. And then and then maybe like an objective warband that you just charge three times and that like ruins their game plan, right? Uh, but even then, like I've I've played I've practiced these matchups just to see, like aggro Hrothgorn destroys, like aggro crushes. Like there's just if you yeah, miss cause... one attack, you're done. Right.
0: because right, then he's gonna kill you, he's gonna and then inspire you, exactly. And, then he's, like, he's and like Hunter's to talisman health, yeah. on him is stupid. Hunter's he's gonna come in. Yeah. yeah, I know that card. You know? Like, come
2: on man. And then like Rippas. I've I've you know, I've been playing with Gerard a lot and Gerard has been trying to make crush aggro crushes work. And so he's like play other aggro, so I was like, Alright, I'll play Rippas and like the Rippas just because they just physically have more attacks because of the snarlfang attack. So if yeah. one or two of them goes through, you've won the game. Because they'll charge you once, you know they'll hit you for three, maybe four. But then yeah, when you yeah, charge, you yeah. get two attacks, right? So it's actually really tough for these guys. I don't know if aggro does have a good matchup because, quite candidly, I don't know if it's good enough.
1: Yeah, Honestly, it, well, you're taking you're taking I mean. a huge risk by playing aggro. You know, you're you're leaving your your success in the hands of the dice, your opponent's dice. You know, if they get a couple crits even if you 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 play perfectly and you roll well if they roll a couple of crits on defense you're you can get kind of screwed if all your objectives well. require you to attack um and then your th- this control style is just more reliable right if you if you were to play 100 games you'd definitely win way more you'd have a higher win percentage with the control style than with the aggro just because of the nature of the the randomness of the the dice and everything
0: yeah we got to get jd on that uh, statistic analysis
1: yeah. You know, get us calculator to see out. See, there actually
0: is a difference. You,
2: you know, and if you ask him, you know, I was hanging out with him yesterday. Like, you know, we talked about crushes, like we we were just talking about it in general and he was like, "Dude, I just don't know if they're good enough." And I was like, "Dude, I completely agree, like they like it's weird because like in this matchups, like, you know, with this, you know, we're looking at it what we've written, it's like, you know, they're good against aggro, but they're also like bad against like hyper aggressive, you know, aggro as well because like they Like wild hunt can, they just have three movement. So compounded with the weaknesses that Randall mentioned, you have three movement. The board, you can lose the game off board setup.
0: On on the board, yeah. Yeah,
2: That's true. There's like playing this game and spending 33.3 percent of your activation efficiency or economy on just moving up the board, is is not worth it.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, if if you're playing the aggro style deck for this warband what you want to see across the table from you is a warband that has some objectives in their deck that requires them to interact with you they have to get close enough to you to do something they have to attack you they have to try to get your objectives something like that um what you don't want to see is somebody who puts all their objectives in the back deploys in the back does the diagonal board deployment you know so
0: then playing against
1: time, uh right? like a flex or another aggro warband is going to give you the best chance of of winning i right. think exactly you know you might 100%. not you know the the you know with with magor you know magor might run up and slap you with with cleave you know but at least he's not you know running away the whole time and you have to spend half the game running at him to to even do anything
2: yeah i agree he's those are really good points that they, they your best chance at winning the game is playing an interactive opponent. Yeah. And even then, dice can you know. Yeah. End your career.
0: As they always do. Um. So if you're playing uh the control version of this with the tomes, and uh and the avatar and maybe to the maybe to the end if you're feeling it, um what do you think is the good matchup here? Like if you're looking across the table and you're playing tomes, because I'll tell you what I liked, but, but but you go ahead first.
2: I love seeing like. I love seeing like weak or like slow aggro. Um, yeah. Because it's like. You're gonna. You need time to ramp up, and then if I win boards, you just need to spend thirty-three point three percent of your game to try to get to me, and you can do that with wild hunt, but like, I'll put Skathe up against thug any day. Who I think thug is the weakest fighter, and I think thug will win, right? Um, so i love seeing aggro i love seeing weaker control uh you know if you're trying like trying to do your own control build that's great um, mine will probably outscore you um so i think that that i think is probably the best yeah. what like matchup you want to see
0: the, the, the one match that was like really easy for me when i played against it was uh going up against uh, eyes of the nine Cause he was, he was, uh, it was like a, I think it was like a lost pages eyes in the nine. And I just stayed in the back and he thought I was going to come at him and it's skirmish. So you only, you don't get to make that mistake twice, you know, like he just sat in the back thinking I was going to come in and he was just going to zap me to death. And I just sat and waited and he's like, Oh yeah. And then he just. Couldn't get to me. The eyes of the nine so, are
1: a control warband that also has to interact with you to cast half of their spells most of the right. time. So yeah. that's 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 what Amon said as an example of like a weaker control. Like the tomes, I mean, so the lost pages are probably not as good as the the tomes.
0: Um, I, I did go up against thorns, and again, I, I scored everything on against thorns. It's just that it was thorns, so they just score. Not going to beat an objective that. warband. It's going to be really tough. And the other thing yeah. is, I think that if you're playing the control version, what you usually want to do for most things is sit back and let them come to you and maybe counterpunch them. But if you're playing against, like, I think Grimwatch or Thorns or maybe Gits, you have to send two guys in and start messing some stuff up. You have no choice. And the other thing is, I, I mean, I think Skull stays back. Morgok and Thug goes in because they're more accurate um and you just need to knock guys off of objectives and you need to like you know kill chain rasps and you need to kill you know like tiny little git guys um but i think that that's kind of like what you're forced to do in those matchups if you're playing the control version
2: Uh, so essentially and it's you know i'm glad you mentioned that because what happens now is that your turtle control strategy now becomes like a flex because now you have to try to get aggressive um Mm -hmm. I will say that in those matchups like there are ways in which you can probably win um i think it's so hard right now with hidden presence temporary victory and uh you know absolute stillness even tests of courage for like uh, thorns and then on top of that keys right it's so hard to compete yeah. with that glory ceiling but if you can get that disruption game if you can time your mischievous spirits your distraction your nightmare in the shadows that's why i put even restless prize as a potential restricted card because that can win you a game, right? You deny supremacy. Yeah. You deny uncontested.
0: Actually, in that game that I lost against Thorns, the reason why I lost it, now that I'm looking back at the game, was that I didn't hold mischievous spirits long enough. I use it um, kind of suboptimally, like I did it yeah. to like just poo-poo uh, like a temporary victory, which is just going to get eventually anyway. So it's like it wasn't really worth doing. But what I should have used it for. Was to get it up against um, uh, dug in because the guy had dug in, so I should have just like held on to it for like one more round, use it in the middle round, and I, I probably would have won that game.
2: Again, yeah, I it's it's it. it's so yeah. crucial. So I think yeah. this this deck is so tight because you have to take distraction, mischievous spirits. Um, it might even be worth taking, you know, nightmare in the shadows or restless prize as one of your restricted, and maybe getting rid of calc risk as one of your easy-to-score cards, right? Like, you have to look at the matchup, and right now, like, I, I'm i telling you, like, the top cut for the next event this week that's coming up is going to be yeah, filled with objective warbands. Yeah. Like, I'd be surprised if Lawrence didn't win.
0: I might just take Lawrence for that reason. Right, because okay, it's,
2: like, it's 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 silly, the amount of glory that objective warbands can... You know, Jonathan mentioned this on the and Crit podcast with Mike and Tom, and he said... And, and and this is something that i firmly believe in is the if you can score multiple cards during the game and at the end of the round by not altering the game state, you you it's the most efficient way to play this game. Right? Like that's why like Dean Bills plays Thorns. Right? It's like they do that, yeah. it's why Tommy Conboy plays Thorns. It's because they are the most efficient in this game at scoring while not having to change the way the board looks much. And that's why, I think, while Control Crushes is, is a great pick, you just you're it's probably not going to beat and Sure.
0: Yeah, it so might much. not be elite, but we're going to talk about that right now, actually. So, uh, w- so where do you, where do you rate these guys? Just in general, like like how do you in in the tiers? You know, where where, where do you feel they they land?
2: So I think. If you were to ask me, right, like, you know, they've got some good stuff here. They've got some great synergy with passive glory. They can play control flex. They can play, they can try to play aggro. Um, but for the reasons we just kind of talked about, I think they're decent. I think they're good. They're middle of the pack. Like, I'd give them personally, if, if, if I was to make a tier list, like a B plus, and then at most, like, with extra credit, like a A minus, you know, like, they're they firmly middle of the pack. They have some cool synergies. Like They'll have matchups where they'll just win right? in control. Right, yeah. And that's the nature of control, that uh, of turtle control specifically, that you just win some games. But I think Hrothgorn and malog give them a very hard time because malog can hit you for, for three or four damage, push you into a lethal, and it doesn't matter if yeah, you have five yes, wounds. Yeah. right? right. Uh, Hrothgorn is super accurate. He's got so many good hunter quarry cards right now. And then again, any objective warband, primarily Thorns, Grimwatch, and Gitz, even Sepulchral Guard, they got second in that league, you know, with Shubi. Um, Mm. Like when Guard are doing really well, you know that objective warbands are in a great place, right? Absolutely. And and, and objective warbands will always beat Control. If you look at the natural dichotomy, you know, aggro beats objective, objective beats Control, Control beats aggro. That's how it's supposed to function. But in Grave, like aggro- Objective beats everything.
0: Yeah, it's it's very strong right now, especially with like the cards that came out that haven't been restricted yet.
2: Yeah, so I think yeah. I think you can you can do something cool here, but I also think Rothcorn just does what they want to do better.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right. Right. So I, I think Hrothcorn, uh is just so strong right now, and they and 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 even after getting you know so many Rothcorn you know cards restricted, I, I, they just got so many new things to replace it that are very, very strong. Maybe not broken, but certainly very strong. Um, and I think Rothcorn's back in there. Yeah. What do, you th- what do you think happens after they start restricting stuff? Do you think crushes get a little bit more competitive? or
2: I think it depends on what they restrict. And while we can never say for sure, I think the biggest... I think in order for crushes to play the way that you want them to play, I think how they were intended to play is you need more end-phase aggro support. And I don't think we're getting that in. I don't know. We're actually not going to get that in Beast Grave because Arena Mortis is no objectives, right? So, um, I don't know we haven't well, seen it yet. Well, it says it oh, on it'll the be, oh, Warhammer community oh, site. Yeah. Be. So, there's no objectives there. Uh, it's it's just power and uh, upgrades. So, I don't know. Um, probably next season, maybe, hopefully. But I just don't know if they're an elite contender in this season.
0: They're certainly fun. They're certainly, they certainly work. Um, I don't think that they're like low tier at all. I, I would agree with you. I think that they're like a B plus, maybe an A minus in the right conditions. Um, I don't think they're S tier. Their 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 defense is just not strong enough. It, it's it, on paper it looks like their defense is really good because they have extra wounds. Actually, I you know my guys were getting killed like a lot. Wasn't that hard? It's all so, it takes, man. Yeah, the I one
1: shield they, is.
0: Yeah, it's just not a lot. Tough. All right, cool. Uh, so I feel like we've we've covered pretty good. Uh, but Aman, it is the last segment of the show, uh, and after all that, uh, you know, we always say the uh, the guest gets to do our keys to salvation if we have a guest. So, uh, what's your key to salvation for us here? Yeah.
2: Um, so I think a lot of the ones that I kind of live by have been mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. So. One thing that I don't think we've you guys have talked about yet is you know I think whenever you play any game you have your own superstitions, you have your rituals right like you have your little things that you do to make sure that it kind of helps you maybe get in the zone or sense of familiarity despite the fact that you might be in another city you know playing against people you never played against um, so I've got a couple that I abide by everywhere I go, uh, and it just helps me like maybe believe I'll roll better sometimes or, or maybe you know. Um, it, gets you
0: in a, it gets you in a positive mind state, though. Yeah, it's just, it just really like,
2: important. It, absolutely. You know, it, you know one like,
0: of the. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, uh, pitchers and like hockey goalies do this. They're really superstitious. They have certain things they need to eat before they, they play a game. They have certain stretches they have to do or whatever it is. They have certain socks they have to put on in a certain order or whatever it is. But it lets them like kind of mentally get in the game. So I understand what you're saying. The rituals yeah. are actually really important.
2: No, absolutely, and, and and it's all superficial, right? It's it's probably all mental, but creating a sense of familiarity again, I think, is so important. And then, especially in these events, like if you're going to make it to the upper upper tables, like it's all it's stamina, it's it's mental fortitude that you require, and to have a sense of like I don't really need to think about what I'm doing right now because it's so natural and I do it every time. I think that's so important. So, so what I do? What are some things you do? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I don't share a dice box. Um, no. I don't. I say Mm -mm. they're like people like. Can I roll in here? I'm like, no, please don't. No, you know, no roll in here. This is no, no, no.
0: Crucible territory.
2: Um, That's right. That's right. Don't touch my dice. It's a it's a 40k thing. It's a it's a Warhammer Fantasy thing. It's Age of Sigmar thing. Um, Locally, like we don't we just don't touch people's dice. It's something that was I was told at like 11 years old, and so I expect people not to touch my dice. Don't wear Um, other
0: people's underwear. Don't touch their dice.
2: Exactly. You know, and if and if. You know, if if you think I'm rolling hot, you know, let me know and I'll pull up another pair of dice. But you know, just don't don't touch my dice. Um, I won't touch yours. Like if someone leaves their dice in the middle of the board. I'll be like, hey, can you please pick up your die so I can move my fighter? <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I won't you. touch theirs. I don't want to touch yours either. Like, you Which, know.
0: Which, by the way, is really great in the era of coronavirus. Like, you True. probably shouldn't be touching other people's dice anyway. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. What else?
2: Um, I always shuffle into piles of four. So, when I am shuffling my deck, I, you know, I'll do four piles of four and then I'll, like, kind of mash them together and then I'll start shuffling them like this. Um, when I say shuffle like this, I guess I'm sharing video with Max. But... Right, yeah. You know, I'm doing the, the standard shuffle where you're just moving cards around. Um, but that just helps me like get familiar with it. It's really nice with your objective deck too because it's like you know you four here. piles of four, or four piles of sorry, three piles of four. Um, okay. And the power deck, I always get annoyed because there's always two extra that I just kind of stick randomly. But again, you know, that's just something I always <laughs> do no matter what. And then yeah, the so last four thing piles is of
0: five. Okay, because you have well, You playing with twenty-two? You playing with twenty-two?
2: No, no. So I, I play with twenty. So I'll have two right. extra. That no,
0: should, no, should be perfect. Is it? If you do four piles, you should get five in each one. You're playing with twenty-two cards. That's that's your problem. Or
2: oh no, up. no. But I don't play with twenty-two. So maybe I maybe I'm doing it right. Maybe I'm just making. I remember one time where I was like, man, why do I have this extra card? But I think that's when I went to England.
0: Avatar, is Avatar? Oh no, that was when you were in England.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I ran eleven objective, <laughs> uh, eleven upgrades, yeah, ten 11 gambits. Upgrades. Got yeah. It. Um, and then the last thing I do is I'll always have an opponent cut my deck. Um,
0: always, so they can't touch your dice, but they well, must touch your cards. Yeah, that,
1: well, that's important though because if if you're if you if you ask your opponent to cut your deck and then they do it, then they can now not give you any bullshit saying you're cheating or you you stacked your deck in a certain way, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was accused one time. It. Yeah, I was accused one time, and that really really upset me because. I was like, you know, it wasn't even a close game. Like, it's like, you're usually looking for a reason to say that I played unfairly. So even now when my opponents will be like, I don't like some people like, I don't want to cut your deck. I don't want to give you good cards. You know, like they're like every time I cut someone's deck, I like lose. I I, I give them a good hand. So I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want to cut my deck, because that's their superstition, right? I say, okay, I respect your superstition. Don't cut my deck. To can you come
1: cut my deck? Well, yeah. I mean, That's it's fair. just it's just somebody's got to do it. Yeah, you have to, give, you, to you have to it. offer it to them, right? And then some people won't even do it. They'll just like tap the the top of your deck, you know, or right. something like that. But once yeah. once you offer it to your opponent to do something, then th- that should, I mean, in theory, prevent them from calling you on cheating or something like that.
0: They had they had their opportunity. Yeah, they can take it or not.
2: I'll ask opponents, like, may I cut your deck? And they say, I don't want you touching my cards. I said, do you care if the TO cuts your deck? You know? And so I just... I want to eliminate all possibilities on both sides. So you cut mine, I cut yours, or the TO can cut both of ours.
0: I feel that it should... And I wonder if it's actually in the directions, like, in the organized play directions. I have to, like, look them over again. But you should definitely... At least offer your opponent to cut your deck, just from a you know, just for, like a, from a fair play perspective, yeah. or or to have the TO come over and do it. I don't think that you can deny your opponent a, a deck cut. That seems really shady.
2: Yeah. Well, some people will be like, I don't feel comfortable with you cutting my deck. I say, okay. Well, can the TO cut your deck? Well,
1: usually in the or tournament, the, tournament rules, I it'll watch say, you say that cut your deck. Yeah. Usually well, in tournament I'm... rules, it'll say, I know for Magic at least in the tur- If you go to a tournament for Magic. You are required to present your deck to your opponent, and them they they don't have to do anything with it. But you you have to give them the opportunity to shuffle your. De- they might even, it's required in the rules that they can shuffle your deck for you. You you can't really be a yeah, or you have to get the to to come do it.
2: And and one thing I want to point out is is like another mini key to salvation is like don't be afraid to call your opponent out, right? Like. Yeah. If yeah. they're playing, like, you know, like, one time I cut my opponent's deck, and then he reshuffled it and then put it back on his thing. And I didn't say anything because I was like, yeah, you know, oh, that kind of sucks, members. like or whatever. And then he opening hand, temporary victory, shifting madness, and then they were you know? And I was like, is that a coincidence, or is that just like, you know, like, I, I'm it's not going to co- accuse yeah. this, you know?
0: Right. It, it sounds like a coincidence anyway, but it still doesn't sit well.
2: It did not. It did not sit well. And, and I was, right. to this day, it still bothers me, you know, because it was a big game. It was a very big game. Yeah. Um, and again, I would never accuse that individual of anything, but it was just like, that's, 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 that's but a, that's a pointy It, feels, dick, it feels
1: weird kind of because of, you yeah, weren't,
0: Something else yeah, should happen yeah. there. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's so, annoying. Yeah. So no,
2: but, next but, time, but time if like that ever thing. happens, I'm going to say, hey, I just got your deck. You're not allowed to, you know, reshuffle it. Right. Please.
0: Or, don't. or, or and now I got to cut your deck again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. All right. So I, I think we got it. So have your rituals... Uh, adhere to them and make sure that you feel comfortable with the way things are going down
1: yes All right. well that's good though I'm glad you were able to come on and explain a lot of that because you know to to some people you know if you you go up to them and say don't touch my dice uh, can I cut your deck or whatever and you have these these little rituals um, they might think that you're weird or you're like OCD or something like that but everything has a there's a reason why you do all that stuff
2: yeah again it just makes me feel comfortable it helps me get in the zone.
1: Well, so. yeah, but there's other practical reasons other than just giving you peace of mind to to do it. True,
2: absolutely, absolutely, and it's pretty hygienic nowadays. So
1: yes, incredibly. Yeah, wash your Although, wash your but, damn hands before you cut anyone's deck.
0: Actually, don't don't play in person stuff. <laughs> just do everything online for a little while longer, guys. Just do it. Just a little while longer. We're not there you should,
2: you should tell the guys in Canada that they're running a grand clash yeah, in I November.
0: Know. Yeah, but it's Canada, man. Canada, they don't yeah. have any up there anymore. They 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 did all they, the right they things. They figured that out. They wore yeah. masks and stuff. They figured it out. Like we still have that. We still have a problem. Uh, um, yeah, typhoid United States. That's what we are. Uh, anyway, I'm on. Super great to have you on.
2: Thanks for having it's me.
0: Been a, it's been a while. Like we, we needed to. We had to. Um, and it was re- really great to have you here. I feel like we did. We really dove into this expansion quite a bit, uh, and and to the to the benefit of everybody listening. So we, we we thank you, man.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's something I tend to do. I talk a lot, so any any I guest anywhere, they're always like, "We're more, uh, faster with your time quality, than our time."
0: If it's good quality, it's worth the time.
2: I, I appreciate that.
0: All right. Uh. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure that you are uh, plug your stuff Iman. come on come not, on not that everybody needs to come here to find out about it but go ahead
2: yeah, I appreciate that um, so if you're interested in learning more about my my personal journey through underworlds and some of the games I play and my thoughts you can visit my blog at hexesandwarbands.com um, in addition to that um, I run a I do run a podcast with Jonathan Davis uh, from Well of power fame been, and uh, yeah it's it's a lot of fun and uh you know i shout out to you know max and randall because they actually inspired me to run my own podcast with jonathan so um you know i think we all have great thoughts and i love how this community is super supportive we all guest on each other's episodes so um you meet again JD,
0: by the way just like just side note
2: how, how did i meet JD? him yeah like um, I don't know. so jd is very vocal on like all social media platforms as you've seen yeah. and so like very yeah. very quick to like point out like things here and there so um then i then one day he's like oh i live in dallas and i was like oh well do you want to start like a texas underworld's podcast and he was like yeah i actually love that idea and i think that's when he was really getting into the game and it was right before adepticon where i actually met randall for the first time so um kind of worked out and again you know big shout out to the people who've been doing this before we did because uh you know you guys helped us or inspired us to do the same thing
0: we got a shout out Claim the City for starting the whole thing.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: They jumped in when, they, when you know, they disappeared and were like, uh, there isn't a podcast, we better get in there. And then all these other great content creators popped in and it's it's just good for the game to have a lot of people caring about the game. So we, we're happy to have everybody around, especially people who are more consistent than we are.
2: Well, I you know, it's all with practice and your rituals. Follow your rituals. Exactly. And you'll, you know
0: so so okay so so path to glory is the podcast hexes and warbands is the uh is the blog both really high quality stuff guys they're you're doing all of those like uh those uh old faction deep dives which are great with uh with different people from the community we love those um and uh and yeah just thanks for the service to the community i guess
2: dude thank you and, and thank you for, to you guys as well like i said the more people doing content the better and uh yeah. You know, be, be aware, be, be aware that there's discords, Facebooks, podcasts, blogs that you can listen to and read. Because, you know, if you really want to up your game, you know, places like these are the way, you know, the places to do it.
0: Exactly. And, and I think that it's really important also to, to listen to multiple ones because you don't want to just get like the same opinion. Like something that I do is uh, when you guys go over stuff, I make sure that I don't listen to it until after I've done my episode on it. Because I don't want to have this, you know, I don't want to come to the same opinion because of what you said. Like, I want to come to the same opinion because that's the correct opinion. So I often, like, avoid listening to them, like, you right. know, reading the blog, which yeah. is, like, really tough for me to do, by the way. It's like, oh, I can't read this. I can't. No, wait, yeah. wait, 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 don't do it. It's the same
2: thing when, when, like, John and Mike do early reviews. Right, I was just going right. to say the that.
1: Because the, the, they work. do, this. The the Steel, the Steel City Underworlds blog does the card review, like, the second the cards come out. And I have to purposely not read those until even though I really want to, I have to purposely not read those articles just so we I can have, you know, fresh thoughts on the on the, yeah. the episode. And I then mean, as soon as the episode's over, I go and I read those and I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that part. I read that card wrong or I didn't see that part on the the card. So yeah. interesting. I
2: mean it's it's cool being an early reviewer, but there is a lot of pressure of like messing up a card rating or like not getting something. Mm-hmm. So like You know, when John and and Mike and Jonathan, they do their their stuff as well, I'm, like, very much, like, don't talk to me about the cards. I don't want to, you know, chat with you. I'll read your stuff after I finish. And then, you know, John's always out first, right? Um, So he'll just drop it. And so it's very hard to not read their stuff. Um, But I'm also a procrastinator, so I'll, like, I'll be like, oh, they released tomorrow. I should probably work on my article, you know? It's just, like, Yeah, so I'll probably get better at that in the future.
0: Or don't just do it the way you're doing. It's working out great. All right. Anyway, but Amon, thanks for coming on. Uh, as always, everybody out there, if you're going to uh, listen to any of these content creators or, or or read whatever they write, make sure that you're liking, subscribing. Make sure that you're leaving you know ratings and stuff. Uh, it really helps the visibility of these podcasts, especially. Um, they come up on searches a little bit easier if they're highly rated. Um, so uh, so yeah. So Amon, thank you so much. So any, any, me, any closing thoughts do you want to log once so that we can like you don't have to i'm just yeah, saying I will I,
2: not I, log. You, it'll,
0: it'll piss me off I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like positive.
2: no again thank you so much and and uh you know i guess if you want to play orcs um read some books at the end of the day